Outdoor Edge introduces the all-new Razor Guide Pack. Coming in at 12 ounces and in a premium wax canvas roll pack for compact storage and travel, the Razor Guide Pack is seven blades in total, including a 5-inch replaceable blade folding knife, a 3-inch replaceable blade caping knife, and the flip and zip saw for wood or bone. Whether you're hunting the back 40 or chasing game deep in the backcountry, the Razor Guide Pack has it all. For more information, visit OutdoorEdge.com. Welcome to the Missouri Woods and Water Podcast with your hosts, Nate and Micah. Nate and Micah. As always, Andy couldn't make it. A- Andy <laughs> was going to attempt to make it tonight. Yeah, he tried to. He's like, I, could, I, could, I, uh, I got 20 minutes in between truck changes. I can call in. I'm like, that's just not worth it. Yes. Well, Andy, I know that uh, you haven't been on the show for a while, but we usually podcast for a little longer than 20 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> uh he is uh, actually. It's uh, about nine thirty. This is one of the earliest nights we've gotten done. I guarantee you, he's still in a combine. Yeah, oh, or, a, or a semi, or oh, a grain for cart. Sure. For sure, one of the one of the three right now. He's got to be getting close to being done with corn, though. I would think. I mean, they've been hard at it for a while. Yeah, I don't know. I haven't actually. I haven't talked to him. We both been. I've been out of town. Yeah, everybody's been busy. for work. We've all all been busy. So, yeah. uh, got a good one for you today. Yeah, folks. Yeah, real informative, really good, just information all around. But we actually have uh, Matt Davis on with uh, the. He is the owner of Broken Arrow Game yeah. Recovery. Yeah, so he specializes in deer tracking. You yes. know, tracking deer <laughs> with tracking. with dogs. So, uh, so this is going to come out what October fourth, I think. So sounds right. You know, we're at the beginning of our season. Yeah. I was hoping to get this one out a little bit earlier than now, but we went to Colorado, and then I had to go out of town again for work. So. And they got it got pushed back a little. Things just happened. So, the idea of having this show come out now is giving some people some good information uh, about, you know, blood tracking dogs, what they do, how they do it, how y'all can help yourselves find the deer you shoot this year that might not have had the best shot. Almost always fatal shots. Not mm-hmm. almost always. There are a lot of shots that aren't recovered, deer that aren't recovered with fatal shots you can help yourself get yourself the tools and the knowledge to make it possible to recover that deer that's what this show is hopefully going to yeah. do for you and matt davis and you know people like him they're they're all over the state you know you can uh, get on and what's the website for the uh, oh the website is uh, missouri blood trackers association.org yeah and we talk about that in the show but there's a map that you can bring up that it'll tell you uh some blood trackers in your area so if there's somebody you know depending on where you are at the state, get on there, check it out, uh, make those contacts probably before season and just confirm be like, Hey, I'm in this area. If something happens, can I get a hold of you? They're going to either say yes, or they're probably going to point you in the right direction of who to, uh, right. contact. So we actually learned about Matt Davis and we actually talk about it in the show, uh, from a mutual friend of ours. Yep. Um, don't really get to talk to him very much, but, Mutual friend of ours, uh, David Jones, mm-hmm. he used had to. Matt out last year and again this year. Yeah, just a few days to ago. To track a deer. So 
Um, so it's just, uh, we, we heard about him and we've had him on our radar actually since he tracked David's deer last year. Um, so it's, uh, kind of cool that we were able to get with him and, uh, do a show with him. So, um, I want to do one more shout out or one shout out, I guess not one more. Okay. Before we get into some, sponsors. we get into some sponsors. Okay. Uh, long time listener, one of our OG listeners, honestly, Troy Vetter. Troy lives down in West Plains, Missouri. Troy, what is up, man? I want to first apologize to you. Troy is our, uh, he bought one of our hats, and that was two months ago, and I forgot about it. <laughs> this is starting to become a trend with you. No, the other one was the winner of the hat. I just forgot to send it to him. <laughs> so, <laughs> if there's anybody else there that hasn't gotten a hat that <laughs> order, you might want to contact us. So, uh, Troy, what's up, man? Sorry about your hat. Hopefully you have it by the time uh, this comes out because I sent it the other day. So I did send it finally. I, I did see an email saying you sent something. So Yeah. But uh, anyways, wanted to say hi to him. Uh, Troy's been, like I said, a listener of ours uh, since the very beginning. I uh, feel like he might have been the first one, to be honest with you. Maybe. I he might have been. I'm, we were technically the first ones because we had to listen to our garbage before I would send it out. <laughs> right. But uh, anyway. Um, what's some, uh, you got any Missouri news before we hop into stuff? You know, we need to, I feel like we need to do a better job of, you know, Missouri what, news every once in a while. What's going on in Missouri. And what's going on in the state. Um, I, and by the way, to our listeners, if you know of some news going on, uh, we actually had that dude email us a couple weeks ago. Yeah. Um, if you know of some stuff going on in the state or news or things you want us to talk about in the show, um, the intro is a good place to do some of that. So shoot us um, emails, shoot us uh what do you call that? A you message. Know, yeah, messages, DM. Send us some of that stuff, and uh, we can bring it up because uh, we like to keep people abreast. Do you like that word? Is that the proper word? Yeah, it's it's, it's proper. <laughs> of what's going on in the state. Okay. Um, but, you know, just on MDC's website, uh, some stuff that's going on over the next few weeks. Uh Let's see here. MDC is going to be offering a free event for new hunters in Kirksville. What are they going to be doing? MDC is in, uh, invites the public to get familiar with different gun types and their functions at a free event at MDC Northeast Regional Office in Kirksville on October 17th from 5.30 to 9 p.m. So uh, this event is designed for people ages 14 and older. And prior registration is required. So to register, go to, um, there's a form. Go to MDC's website, uh, short.mdc.mo.gov, and fill out the thing. That's some of, that's some news that's going on right now. I don't know, but I just looked back because I'm pretty sure we forgot to say, but uh, our listener, Josh, how would you say that? Manti? 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 Yeah. I'm going I'm to say Manti. Yeah. Uh, he was telling us that, uh, and I don't know if this has already gone through or what's going on with it, but uh, they're trying to pass the uh, notice of the HR 8167 or the Return Act still has two Missouri co-sponsors that want to repeal the Pittman-Robinson Act. I think it would be great if you could ask listeners in District 6 and 8 to uh, contact their representative and ask them to withdraw as a co-sponsor. If you guys don't know what the Pittman-Robertson Act is, you kind of need to do a little research. It's a 
it's a tremendous thing that uh, you know Missouri has, and I think a lot of isn't it? It's nationwide, I believe. But anyways, anytime you buy any type of hunting equipment and stuff like that, a portion of that goes back into conservation and that sort of stuff. So it's really good for hunters and uh, people that just enjoy the outdoors. So and there's a few. Uh folks out there that are trying to repeal that yeah apparently so and like i said that was back in i we got that message back in august so i don't know when (laughs) (laughs) just took us six weeks to get it out yeah sorry about that but uh barely than never but hopefully that didn't Did you look that up did you already know that what the The, Pittman? you never you didn't know what the Pittman robinson act is Uh uh-uh Dude, it's great. I was not aware of that. Yeah, you know, yeah. Anytime, like, you buy ammo or broadheads or any type of stuff to do with a portion of that tax that goes. uh, Yeah, a portion of that taxes goes strictly back into the outdoors. So. Yeah, but where? I'm not 100% sure, but I I know it's a good thing. Somebody's pocket. It's a good thing. Well, I mean, better than not. Yeah. Okay, now let's get into sponsors. Yep. Uh, By the way, thanks for sending that to us. Josh. Josh. Uh, that's what I was talking about just yeah. five seconds ago. Yeah, because, I mean, we... If you got stuff that you know, you know, around, I don't even care if it's just around the state, but around anywhere... Something that we're gonna you try to bring it up. people need to know, so... We need to do a better job of that. We just, uh, sometimes we're in a hurry. Yep. All right, uh, let's do some sponsors. Uh, let's start with Alps Outdoors. Yep, use the code WOODSWATER, all capitalized, and you can save yourself 30%, which is a huge discount. I use my Alps regularly. Been uh, real, I've been keeping my uh, bino pack on my, usually I usually just put my binoculars yes, in my, you know. Regular pack, which in, is also Alps. Yeah, in my backpack, but I've been keeping it in my bino harness with my rangefinder, and <laughs> I got my, I just ordered some new wind checker that actually fits in that little pocket nice right there so yeah huge fan of alps check yes. them out woods and water hunt go huntworth gear uh use the code mww15 for 15 percent off also a great discount yeah i think they're actually running something right now i think they it's do 20. have a 20 percent off and uh also for you ladies out there listening or men that you know Trying to get your ladies into hunting. <laughs> okay, I was wondering where you're going. <laughs> Men who identify as ladies now. <laughs> no, we ain't playing that game. Uh, no, but uh, but they do offer a women's line in uh, Tarnan, so yep. they got the full setup now. So that's awesome. Uh, so get on there, save yourself some money. Use our code, or if they are running a twenty percent, obviously use that Don't code do that too because you can save five percent more. Exactly. And Heat Boost just came out a couple yeah. weeks ago. Heat Boost, uh, huge fans of that. So it's obviously early. It's still warm out, but you need to be thinking about it. Uh, we're, we used it a lot during coyote season whenever it was just bitter cold, middle of the night, and it I, just worked amazing. I promise you, I promise you, a decade ago, when it's bitter cold out, bitter we cold outside. We would Oh, up. no, no. I'll tell a story, and you, you are aware of what I did. When it's bitter cold outside, and you are to the point where you can't go hunting anymore because it's bitter cold, you will go spend a thousand dollars on a set, yeah, so that you can be outside, and your wife will yell at you, yeah. But you don't have to do that with Huntworth. You don't have to do that with Huntworth. So you spend a thousand dollars on Huntworth, you're set up for everything. Yeah, you got it all. So, so check them out. Uh, camo fire. Yeah, don't, don't explain it. We are everybody knows what it is. Get your camo fire app. Take your morning, uh, your morning session <laughs> with your camo fire app open. It makes it more enjoyable. I did that this morning. 
Yeah, so if you guys are... <laughs> Just so you know. If you got something that, you know, you don't necessarily need, but you need, or you don't know what you need yet, they always got some type of sale going on. Right now, they have a bunch of Black Ova stuff on there for sale. Yep, game so, bags. game bags, some uh, outerwear. They like, for instance, boots. I don't need this camo fire hat. farmer hat. But it'd be kind of cool. But I kind of want it. Right. And it's 40% off. Right. So... Do I need this camo fire hoodie? No. no, but it looks good. But I kind of want it, and it's only eighteen bucks, so that's not a bad deal. Yeah, so, yeah. yeah. Just to kind of keep, you know, doing this. Do I need this camo fire beanie? No, but I kind of want it because it's nine dollars. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Anyways, camofire.com. Check it out. Download the app. Yep. And Black Ovis, sister company. Use the code MWW10 for ten percent off. Um, you can pretty much get anything on Black Ovis. Yep. It's it's like an online uh, Bass Pro type yeah. store. Yeah. I mean, it's an online it's a store. store. So check them out. Uh, and Zamberland Boots. I've been using my Salates during this. To go early, hunting? Yeah. The the early season. Uh, so, I mean, I'll just wear them at work. I know some people, know, well, you're walk, walking around and then get them all stinky and then you take them out of stand. Sure, might not be the best thing. But – I like them. So that's what I've been using for this early season. So I'm going to wait till it cools down a little bit before I actually break out my uh, El Toros. Nice. El- so, Bell Tours. Bell Tours. Bell Toros. Bell Tours. Check them out at com, And then last but not least, our buddy Dustin Williams with Habitat Works. Yep. Mention this ad and you can save yourself 15%. He's going to take care of you with uh, any type of habitat needs that you have. Need to text him, see if he's been hunting. I haven't really been paying attention to social media lately. No, I noticed he put his house up for sale. He did? Yeah, yeah. So I don't know what he's doing there. I wonder if he's moving to Odessa. No, I doubt that. But if you guys want to get in contact with him, his number is 816-752-7390. Or you can email him at habitatworksllc at gmail.com. Let's get and into the that's show. sponsors. Yeah, let's get into the show. Let's do it. This is the Missouri Woods and Water Podcast. Okay, with us tonight we have Matt Davis with Broken Arrow Game Recovery. Matt, what's up, man? Hey, how's it going? Just a Sunday night. Sunday <laughs> this evening. Is, this is a weird one. Yeah, uh, we don't normally record on Sunday nights, but uh, and usually we don't record this early, so this is kind of nice. Not right. yeah, it's kind of a like a weird. We're normally not starting this early, and it's almost never on Sundays. But we are missing the Chiefs game, though, yeah. which I don't care that much. <laughs> I can care less. Speaking about of sports. which, I need to set that up for a recording <laughs> but uh yeah i just got a, a back from in town and uh, we were actually going to do this friday night and long story kids sports so i, I texted matt i'm like hey can we push this all the way back to sunday so i, I was wanting to hunt friday anyway so i was like yeah that same worked out. Yeah, I, I end, sure, yeah, yeah i ended up taking my daughter friday and yeah going a little bit i so. went and didn't see a deer so we saw a handful we about, we about had a spot and stalk on the way out. Oh, yeah. Yeah, because we had a few walk in behind us, and it was her job to keep an eye out behind us. I was like, hey, I don't have a good <laughs> angle. You're going to have to look back there every once in a while. And I ended up catching a few walking by, which they had our wind anyway, so it, yeah. wouldn't, it 
wouldn't have worked out. But I was like, hey, what are you doing? Let him slide. <laughs> and so we got we got out we got out of the stand a little bit early because there's always deer out in the field whenever we come, which is terrible. I need to get a better uh, better entry and exit. Yeah, yeah. But uh, we uh, walked. That out one's kind of hard to do on. Yeah, but uh, we walked out there and there was a doe. I think I got it. I got within. 45 yards and i was about to draw back on her and she finally spotted me <laughs> so didn't happen but that's all right yeah she, plenty, plenty of season left yeah yeah and my daughter she had fun so that's uh that's the main thing how old is she she's eight eight I yeah got yeah she's got a handful of times dude she she does really good out there like she didn't ask to play on a phone she just sat there and nice. i gave she has her own little set of binoculars that she just sit there and watch stuff Looks and like, stuff yeah yeah, yeah. She, yeah you got a good great. picture yeah got a good picture yeah she did great it was a good time nice what was she did you put her in one of your huntworth jackets no it was just a t-shirt one of your huntworth t-shirts yeah i was gonna say how did she he probably just draped it on her and said <laughs> yeah you can wear this yeah because i don't she has a hoodie that i got for her but it was just you know something from bass pro yeah but it was it was warm friday you know yeah. for the most part until obviously once the sun goes down it starts cooling off pretty quick but yeah, so I just put a Huntworth shirt on her for a while, and then you know, put the hoodie on later. So this whole week I was in Wisconsin for work, and uh, I knew when I was experiencing what I was experiencing up there, it wasn't what was going on down here. But it was like forty degrees no in the morning, and I'm just like, this sucks. <laughs> I don't want to. I want to be in a stand right now, which I knew it wasn't that cold down here. But I'm like, man, if it's 40 here, it's got to be like it's been getting at in, least decent. It's, it's been, been getting in the 40s here. in the evenings, yeah, or in I the think, mornings mostly. What what did my old man tell me? Friday night it's supposed to get down to like 38 or 39 this week. See, so Saturday morning's yeah, gonna be. I plan on hopefully hitting the stand Friday mm-hmm. Saturday. Yeah, so it's supposed to be another cold colder, but uh, that could be good. That'd be good. Well, uh, let's before we forget to do this. <laughs> Matt, why don't you introduce yourself? Tell everybody what, uh, who you are, what you do for a living, where you're from, and then uh, tell us a little bit about Broken Arrow. Gotcha. So my name's Matt Davis. I am the owner, handler for Broken Arrow Game Recovery. Um, we're out of Cameron, Missouri. Um, so we we really cover and track deer all of northwest Missouri, go up into Iowa, go to Kansas, um, really anything within an hour and a half. Of, of Cameron or Savannah, Missouri. I'm up there a lot as well. That's where, where I'm from originally. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, so we specialize in recovering wounded deer, white-tailed deer. Uh, I have a three-year-old or about-to-be-three-year-old bloodhound named Mabel, who's my, my main tracking dog. And then we have her sister as well, who is Tilly, who just turned a year old. She's a year and a few months old now. And my wife my wife got certified with her as well. Um, but they don't they don't run nearly as as much as heavy as i do yeah kind of actually now that talking about what you do i had this circle to do this this show at the very at the beginning of deer season right so that people could Mm -hmm. listen to things uh i was hoping to do it maybe a little a few weeks earlier than now but you know we we got it in and then actually when we recorded this that's what i thought i'm like well shit he's kind of doing a lot of work right this, now this is his busy time <laughs> yeah. of the year yeah so this isn't near as bad as as uh like after mid-october right mid-october to the end of gun season my phone like 20 25 30 calls a day oh man and so i they 
my free time is gone. Is limited. Yeah. Are you the only person with a dog or do you have like some other people that hey i can't make it i got a buddy that's got a dog that can yeah out so there. so i'm a part of the missouri blood trackers association and the united blood trackers association missouri's you know real focused on missouri but there's trackers all over the state um and this is it's everybody's hobby it's something they do and uh i do have tracker friends that are known good trackers that i will refer stuff out to like i referred one today uh, South Archie, Missouri. You guys yeah. know where that is? Yeah, I know where Archie. Heard of it? Oh, it's off seventy one. Yeah, yeah. It's I know it's south of well, south of here. Whatever it is now, I call it Highway seventy one. Gotcha. Yeah. Um, had a call there. I already had two tracks lined up, so I I called. There's three trackers. One in Clinton. Um, one in I can't pronounce it. I don't even know what it is. And then there's another in Sedalia that are fairly close, you know, yeah. closer than I was. Mm-hmm. So one of them were able to get on it and, and contact the hunter and, and set it up. So nice. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, we should give a shout out to our buddy, uh, David Jones, by the That's way. Right. Yeah. yeah. Cause, uh, I almost feel like he should be sitting here next to you. <laughs> <laughs> I kind of thought about that well, after he got here. A- I was like, after man. last year, uh, my thought, was to have him and you on at the same time mm-hmm. and do like a tales of the chase with his deer and then you yeah yeah and it just like we never got around to it and then what was it two days ago three days ago like sometime uh, this thursday last night, week yeah. thursday night um you did another track for um david's girlfriend yeah tristan yeah. i think's her name and uh found found her yeah. found, found that deer as well and i'm like he should be they should be sitting here <laughs> <laughs> but uh so that's uh so hi David what's up man I hope you're doing well I'm sure you're in a good mood right now since uh Tristan found a deer yeah so it was a nice one too yeah it was a good one and honestly that deer the pictures do not do it justice really when we walked up on it I was like Holy she's, she's got to learn the long arm I'm she's telling learn you how to long arm. well if you look at pictures of the deer I found for David last year he was one heck of a photographer like yeah he made he made it look made picture it look perfect nice. right yeah. even with just me and the dog and then this year he took pictures and I was driving home already and he sent them to me. He's like, yeah, I wasn't, wasn't as good a photographer this year as I was last year. You know, <laughs> it was, it was funny, but I always yeah. wanted to take pictures one time, like, uh, prop the deer up and like me go stand like 80 yards behind it. <laughs> right. So it looks yeah, like the new best, man. <laughs> Look how big it is. <laughs> yep. Uh, you could do that in other things too. <laughs> but anyways, uh, so let's talk about the, what, like, the specifics of tracking first. We'll get into what people can do and what they should, shouldn't do, and, and tips later. But I think it's important uh, that they understand like how a dog does its job and what what goes into yeah what tracking goes, a deer. Tra- you know, maybe training the dog. And, yeah. You know, going from there. So I'll tell you when I first got into to tracking. Or let me back up. I'll tell you how I got into tracking. That's a good story. So my wife got shot a deer, right? Um, and I was in the Army National Guard with a buddy who had dogs and had been a, a blood tracker for, for quite a few years. Mm-hmm. And I hadn't talked to him in, in quite a few years either. So I called him up, and uh, he brought his dog out. And he had a bloodhound, and he had a uh, a mixed breed. And I cannot remember what breed it was mixed. But Revelation was his dog. Revelation Game Recovery was what he ran under. Gotcha. And uh, they came out and found the dog. And previously, my wife had wanted a bloodhound our entire relationship and I've never wanted one you know I was a a German Shepherd fan growing up that's the only dog I wanted and uh always told her no hounds are stubborn I don't want to have to do anything with it wait 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 a minute though but you like German Shepherds I do yeah 
love German Shepherds. Who are also assholes. Yeah, I agree with that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's a whole lot of discussion could go around that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But and I so, had to vacuum this uh, basement twice before you right, got over yeah. here. Oh, bloodhounds aren't much better with shedding, man. Really? Oh, really? Yeah. They just—it's just a top hair. Like, it is. It's just, yeah, but I, it's I everywhere. It. Yeah. Um. So they come out, find the deer, and my wife kind of fell in love with their bloodhound, Benny May. And she finally, she's like, can we just get a bloodhound already? And I'm like, you know, I was kind of intrigued by the track. And then I got to watch a dog work. I was like, okay, you know, we can get a bloodhound as long as I can, you know, try to track with it and, and train with it. And she's like, deal, you know, off the bat, didn't even have to think about it. So we got Mabel for Christmas um, of 2019. And she ended up, she was really a kid's cr- Christmas present is what we called it. You know, right. Christmas yeah. Day surprise, all that good stuff. She's 100% my dog, you know, that nobody else can claim her. You, you just use the semantics. So yeah, you, yeah, for that's, sure. That's, that's just smart parenting. All day. That's how, that's <laughs> how my dogs parenting. are too, man. I get it. Yeah. But so as far as the training process, I went into tracking three years ago just blind. I had no idea what I was doing, the training. I ended up getting linked with Missouri Blood Trackers, who have so many experienced trackers across the state and, and was able to learn a lot from them over the last three years. The problem being is when I trained Mabel when she was a puppy, I just did not do it correctly, right? Yeah. The way you really need to train them is start them at 8 to 12 weeks old, you know, get them familiar with blood, deer hide, deer hooves, and then what you do is you just start easy practice runs of of a lot of blood, right, just to make sure the dog's on it. From there, you make it harder and longer. Um, You start taking away the blood, you start introducing the hoof scent, um, and then you start aging it longer, putting turns in there, and making it more realistic. Because as a tracker, when we get phone calls, it's not because there's a great blood trail. Right. Like, generally, <laughs> there's usually there's, something went wrong. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Generally, there's no blood, or they the deer doubled back on or something. But right. Um. So got into training. That's not gonna work. <laughs> no. I tried taking a picture. I do it this way. Keep going. Sorry. There we go. <laughs> so we got into training, right? And. uh um, Mabel did good our first year and we went into our first year of tracking again blind and I in my opinion the best way to track or train a dog is just get him out there and as many times and, as you can yep, right. and start making mistakes and learning from them right. um, so our first year we took every track we could I think I ran 53 tracks Dang. in year one and that's that's just in a span of a few months Yeah, yeah. it's we're not like you're tracking about, dogs in June yeah man September yeah. 15th to to a couple in December and uh so she did she did okay I think we recovered 19 deer out of 53 um and then we had 12 plus show back up alive on camera that we had tracked well you can't find a, a deer that's not dead so right yeah I don't count those against us necessarily right so then the next year we were a little more mature she still pulled like a, a dang mule out there. Mm-hmm. Um, I th- we went 20 for 40 last year, so we took less tracks, but we had a little bit better success rate. And then this year, she's just she's finally fully matured, and she's she's a an animal this year. She's tearing it up. But uh, as far as training, if I had a, a brand new puppy now, I would do it completely different than how I trained her because how I trained her three years ago was <laughs> just I was just it's a long way around. Is yeah. what you're saying, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. She's I, on and it I now, get it, though. yeah. Well, especially like when you first get into it, like I know with my dog Trigger, 
you don't know what you don't know. Right. So you're like, oh, well, this this is how you do this, and this is how you do this, and then you learn from people who really know what they're doing, and you're like, oh, yeah, I did that wrong. Yeah. Uh, you know, the biggest thing is, to me at least, for him on what he does, which he doesn't do anymore, but when you're talking about the bite work and the – they actually do a tracking program as well. It's a mm-hmm. little different than obviously tracking a deer right. and the obedience or whatnot – it's having a dog that's willing to, that wants to work. The drive. The drive. Like, that's they have so to want to do it. Man, yeah. and so I got the two dogs, right? So Mabel, ever since I started tracking with her, and she's my she's my oldest, that dog's, I mean, she will track through a tornado if I ask her to. She just has to drive for it. Her younger sister, on the other hand, is, is timid. She doesn't like being wet, you know, <laughs> so, like, tracking in the rain is out. <laughs> That seriously, she can do she, early mornings, right? So she's a sweetheart dog, love her, great family dog, but mm-hmm. she just doesn't have the drive that yeah. Mabel does, yeah. and that's yeah. that's the biggest struggle with her. I think I I got lucky with Mabel because if I had a dog that didn't have a drive starting out, we probably wouldn't be tracking today, you know? Right, right. But it's crazy too, you know, when you when you hear like when you really start learning about drives and dogs, even even our dog, he's considered his drive isn't what his uh, uh the owner or like his uh kennel he came from really would want because he's got really really high ball drive mm. but low food drive they want all of it and they yeah, they yeah. i mean they almost like dogs that are borderline crazy right yeah you know well, what i'm saying can, like if you can yeah especially like Teach german them. shepherds now there's a the czech breed which is they call them czech but they're still german shepherds okay, yeah, yeah. Uh, but they're czech lines and then now you got the Belgian Malinois, which mm-hmm. is basically a psychopath. Yeah, yeah, yeah for sure. Yeah. Um, but that drive is so high that you can pretty much get him to do mm-hmm. whatever you want. Yep. And it's just so weird to see because even with him, like if you get a ball around him, he'll, he'll damn near hurt you to get it. Yeah, Like yeah. he really wants it, and you can really get him to do stuff. And, you know, with, with your dogs, it's, it's a lot of the same. Like you – the normal person would probably see Tilly, right – Mm-hmm. and say oh my gosh that drives crazy but you're like eh, it's not the same as yeah. mabel's yeah, you know nah. it's it's as you get into that world you yeah. understand what that means a little more well and, and mabel so her her drive is still the same but she's matured so much she she doesn't pull me anymore you know she just she's matured enough she takes her time on tracks we don't miss turns if a deer took a left or something like that it's been and that's probably just a maturity aspect oh, of for it too, sure. right but what i what i like to see is her drive is still there yeah um that dog is so excited if I put my tracking pants on and my muck boots, but she's waiting at the door, like ready to go. Let's do this. And then uh, she knows. I mean, we've been on a hundred tracks, over a hundred tracks now this season total. And Already she knows, this season? No, no, no. I'm total. Sorry. Yeah, total. Yeah, yeah. I broke a like, hundred. Yeah, no. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Y'all, yeah, no. Folks, I, you need to start shooting right, yeah, man. Like, <laughs> I'd be dead if that was the case. It's October second, folks. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so she knows when we get in the jeep. And we track, as soon as I slow down and stop and roll my window down to talk to a hunter, it's just, you flip a switch with that dog, and she's just like, you know, just barking, going crazy. Mm -hmm. I got to shut her up so I can hear what the hunter's, (laughs) you know, trying to tell me. Yep. And and then I open the back hatch. She just stands there nice and quiet. I put her her stuff on, her harnesses, and we go to work. That's cool. Yeah, she's awesome. So what exactly... We talked about it earlier before we started recording, but just for the listener, what exactly is the dog tracking whenever they got a wounded deer? Yeah, like how, or, how, do, they, how do they work? Yeah, how so do they work? Go? 
So white-tailed deer, and this is different from elk, right? So elk don't have this gland that I'm talking about. So white-tailed deer in their hooves, they have what's called the interdigital scent gland. Okay, and what this is... It's, it, one, it's in between there. Yep, in between the, yep. the hooves there. And it gives off a pheromone specific to that deer whenever it's mortally wounded. Um, and I have my theory on if a deer thinks it's mortally wounded but then recovers, it loses that pheromone. Um, I haven't done much research on that. That's just what I've seen from the past. But so essentially we, we train our dogs to track the hoof and not the blood because when we get called, well, there's there's no blood or there's very little blood. Right. You know, I like to see blood on tracks just to know that my dog's on the right line, right. even if it's the it's smallest like a nice, speck. Uh, yeah, it's, it doesn't necessarily matter to her whatsoever, yep. but it gives you a little bit yeah, of a, okay, she's, like, okay, she's on yeah, the right. she's on it. Yeah. it. It makes me feel so much better. <laughs> but Yeah, because yeah. it, it does have to be a little, not to cut you off, mm-hmm. a little deflating if she is like on a track, but you're not seeing anything. Like, uh, you probably trust that she's doing her job. I do now. But at the same time, you're like... <sighs> I hope you're right. You have, <laughs> you're going to make me look Man, like a big jackass. <laughs> you have no idea the amount of miles I walked my first two years just because I was like, so my first year was our, you know, we're both rookies. We don't know each other that well. And and everybody says, trust the dog. Well, so I've been a hunter for, you know, 25 plus years. Early in tracking, people think they know more than the dog. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, no, that, that deer didn't run across that highway. You know, I'm going to, and I'll pull her off. And then two hours later, I'm finally like, all right, you know, let's go let's across the damn then, highway. And then there's a deer over there, right? Um, early in my career, wanting to see that sign, I, I, it took me a while, but I realized that that, I, I doesn't to, necessarily, I need it's not, to do, yeah. yeah, it's yeah. not going to be there every time. Yeah, I don't have the nose like the dog does. And then, so going from year one to year two, going into year two i was like i'm gonna trust this dog you know whatever she wants to do and then she'd take me on like a thousand yard run you know smelling a dang cow or something like that (laughs) and then i'd pull her back and and get her get her back on it and then year three now i can read her and i know if she's on it or no she's not on it so i she has full trust she trusts me i trust her kind of a thing now but nice we we put some miles the last couple of years during the off season are you still doing that training with her just so she stays yeah. up to par or is it <laughs> yes and no um we usually so our busy season is from i mean i've, I've ran 11 tracks this year so far which isn't bad the season's only been open with two, two and a half weeks, weeks yeah. yeah so i've ran 11 tracks october november i'm gonna get 20 plus calls a day i'm gonna run three plus calls or three plus tracks a day on the weekends or my days off um december we kind of slow down on calls and then january february march we really we take off we don't practice we don't do anything we just chill and put on weight and uh so the missouri blood trackers has a symposium in may every year to where we can people can test dogs there's a certification you can get for blood tracking um, people can test dogs and whatnot. So, ideally, we like to run some practice tracks before May, mm-hmm. and then we're really supposed to hit it hard until September. Um, that did not happen this year, <laughs> as well as I would like to do. So, perfect world, yeah, we're running a track a week practice track in the off season. Yeah, it didn't necessarily happen this this year, but Mabel's she's on it like she knows. So um, let's go back to before I got you off. Yeah took you down a rabbit hole yeah so you just experienced your sur- your first missouri woods and water rabbit hole <laughs> right <laughs> uh go back to you know how they work so you, they t- they actually track off this 
scent so through the interdigital gland. Is that what you said? Yep, the interdigital scent gland, if I could say it correctly. Um, yeah, the deer let this off every time they take a step. They they're able to the, pick that hoof scent. So up. it's kind of like in that damn video game that my son plays, where you're tracking. It's the Cabela's Hunter game. Okay, yeah. And when you shoot an animal, it'll say the track, and it'll show these little like yeah uh, prints. Uh, that look, they're little orange, like little ghost-looking mm. things. It's almost like they're doing that. Pretty much, yeah. With each step. Huh. Does that yeah. happen as soon as, like, the shot? Yeah. Or, okay. Yep. So, like, as soon as you put an arrow or whatever the case may be through it, that thing starts smelling yep. or whatever. Yep. Now, it might take a couple couple steps or something like really? that, right? It's that quick. That's crazy. Yeah, it's, it's interesting. It's, it's something a lot of people don't realize. Now, obviously, in the tracking community, everybody, that's what we train our right. dogs on. But, um Hunters don't realize that a lot of oh, times. I didn't before you said that tonight. Right, yeah. <laughs> I, I've heard it before, but, I mean. Yeah, yeah, so that's why a dog is so so vital in a lot of situations. You know, gut shots, far back shots, high angle shots, shots where the arrow didn't push through both sides and, mm-hmm. and it's just filling up internally. Dogs can, you know, sniff that deer out pretty easily. Yeah. So how do they do it? I mean, they, they smell – that's what they smell, but what are they doing when they're working – uh, and like, uh, if they get off of a scent, what are the, what are the, some of the things like she starts doing? So that's specific to the dog, right? Right. Not, and not even necessarily the breed. You, you do have mixed breeds that, that track, um, wounded deer. There's, there's a, a gal I, I met at the Missouri symposium this year that tracks in Tennessee and is very good. She has a lab, right? Mm-hmm. So labs are searching dogs. So where my dog is nose to the ground, tail up, just running a straight line or following whatever scent line there is, her dog is, is weaving and checking it. Um, how, and I can only speak to my dog on this, but sure. when my dog is tracking and I know she's on the right line, she is slow and steady and methodical. She's going to take her time. Um, I can tell. It's almost she, like she's, okay, yep, there's one, the yep. next, yep, there it is again. Yep. And, she's and then just, if she veers or she misses a turn more so this year than ever is she'll she'll kind of go into search mode and i'll see her kind of move her head around she'll search and then she'll you know a lot of times make circles around and correct herself and then move back to the last line and then check it again and then eventually pick up the right the right line that was cool yeah yeah and again if you see some of the youtube videos you can see there's the first video i posted a couple weeks ago was it happened to be a great shot from the hunter and the deer didn't go probably 80 yards um but when the deer went into the timber, he thought it went straight. The deer actually took a right. And so he wasn't seeing blood. He was kind of freaking out about it. So he called me out. We ran it. Mabel hit it hard. But at the beginning of that video, when I tell her to find it, she checks every trail around us. And then finally hits the scent line and just goes. And then just straight shot all the way to the deer. But she's very good at checking herself nowadays. Now if she's if she's totally off of it, then she's heads up head up looking around sometimes sometimes she'll look back at me and and then i'm like, You're like okay. hey dude yeah so you that's how you were talking about reading her now mm-hmm. like you just you really don't pay attention to anything but what she's doing i watch the dog yeah so if she's got her head up you know she's not really on much mm-hmm. right now yep are you relaying that to the hunter a lot of times like yeah. well she doesn't she's not real excited yep or what are you kind of so doing you'll back hear there? me and in, in some of the i'm so happy i bought a gopro by the way because i can actually show people this yeah. as i talk about it um so in some of these videos you'll see me tell the hunter hey hang on a sec right there i'm gonna let her figure out where we need to go because i'll notice she loses it and then as soon as she hits i'm like all right never mind let's go kind of a thing um but then there's instances where she just gets out there and acts like there's 
there's not a dead deer. She won't follow a line. We, we ran a track this morning and I, I really don't think that deer is, is dead because she, she, I mean, she didn't take one good line. She tracked a little bit. I, I had her go three different ways where the deer entered the, the timber or left the field and she just maybe tracked for a hundred yards and, mm. and then was done. So eventually if they feel like either they're, they're not going to die or they don't feel it's, it's weird to say this because we all know, like, it's not like a deer's talking to itself like right. we're talking to ourselves. You know, a deer doesn't feel like that emotion, mm-hmm. that sort of stuff. But they'll just stop emitting that out of that hoof uh, at that some point. That is my theory. I yes. would, you know, I wonder if there's, like, a study on that that we can oh, I'm find. I'm sure there is. We're actually, uh, hope, hopefully, uh, we have a, a friend in the industry, Lindsey Thomas Jr., who's with NDA, National Deer uh, okay. Association. Uh, he's an awesome writer, and he just published an article on actually hunting over food plots cool article you should read it yeah i'll look into we're it. hoping to have him on next week about that now it's not been scheduled yet so right hold your horses everybody hopefully <laughs> we get it but anyways i wonder if like nda or um you know the deer lab the msu yeah I know uh, deer about. lab has done any type of like studies on that sort of stuff. i could probably look into it and yeah, see what it'd, other tractors it'd be cool to read about yeah but um what about conditions what are some uh like you talked about today is a bad day conditions are the biggest thing in my opinion and they'll they really separate a good dog from a a not so good dog or a recce dog from a veteran dog Mm -hmm. so the dry temperatures are terrible um because that'll dry that scent dries just like just like everything else exactly yeah yep so the dry scents are terrible um, when it's dry like this, like it is now in Missouri, just drier than hell. Yep. Yeah. I try to track first thing in the morning or I track at night and tracking at night has been really good to me this last week and a half when it's it a has little more been. moisture back into yep. the ground. You get some dew running around. It, it brings that scent up. Um, when you start running tracks and the sun's cooking it and the deer has ran across an open cut field or something like that, it's real tough for a dog to stay on it. Um, especially in the summer. Now, if it's a wet field, we're good. And, and we can run anything, you know, but dry temperatures are terrible. Rain does not affect it necessarily. If you get, uh, so rain is a good thing, right? Corn Look, makes yeah. rain. Right. Yeah. yeah. Um, wait, wait, rain makes corn. Yeah. yeah, yeah corn me. makes Sorry. There it is. <laughs> um, so one of our best tracks from our first year when I really, it clicked that me and the dog might be onto something with this tracking thing is we ran a 36 hour old track that had just been light drizzling rain for the past 24 hours of that track and and we ran it and then i was like oh man like we might actually be be pretty decent at this but looking back on it now the the conditions the rain that that helped us the entire time um as long as it's not like a torrential like a downpour where really like you start wash it you start getting into three or four inches an hour and and then that's it's pretty rough you know yeah Yeah. but eventually it's gonna wash it away Mm -hmm. i would think it's almost like if you pictured it as a uh a stain on a shirt you know like a yeah. light rain really isn't gonna wash it away but if you deluge it for you know a straight day maybe it'll start washing that yeah. away well i had a yeah, good buddy had an analogy he said when when you're running a track it's like lighting a candle right he said if you add rain if you light both sides of the candle it's going to be a stronger scent but it's a shorter shorter amount of time if it's a, a really big downpour right you're going to have that scent there it's going to smell stronger but it's not going to be there as long okay and then you got to remember i mean they're also smelling everything else in the woods exactly like it's not like that's the only thing they can smell they can right. they can smell it all well and that's where you get it really breaks down having a 
an experienced tracking dog that's not going to get distracted by every deer that's walked by because i mean a lot of the tracks we go on are 24 hours old or more and how many deer have walked through that field or across that path or coyotes or, or anything else so if you have a dog that can lock onto a scent then then they're going to do okay. And that's the craziest thing I can't fathom is we read a article last year. We all know how good a deer can smell, right? Mm-hmm. Like we've all been like, holy hell, he just busted me 300 yards away mm-hmm. and I'm doing everything I can think of doing, right? A coyote has a nose that is seven times stronger than a deer. Really? Now I would assume dogs would be kind like of a bloodhound would be in that same. I don't think dogs have as good of a scent as a deer. To, to be honest with you. So I could be wrong on that. I swear I've read that and I need to do some more reading, but well, uh, I need to catch a coyote pup and train it to track deer. There you go. So yeah, something about a coyote having a, a seven times stronger nose than a deer. And I, I, it just made me go, well, it's the same damn thing as a tame dog for the most part you that. would think, but um, it's just like, you can't even fathom how good oh, yeah. a dog can actually smell. Seriously. Are you, I mean, are you Googling that right now? I am. I could Google it on the, <laughs> The computer maybe be a little easier, but yeah. Well, my dog's smell is is ridiculous. I mean, she's winded deer from four hundred yards away that were dead and took me right to him, kind of a thing. Right. Um. It's just it's well, insane. like it's just like you walking into our house today, right? Mm-hmm. I I know you have a dog, obviously, right? Yeah. But if you were just a dude that came to my house, mm-hmm. I wouldn't know you have a dog, right? Guess who did? Yeah, yeah. He <laughs> and was all over. That's why I had to put him in his kennel. <laughs> yeah, he wouldn't yeah. leave you alone. <laughs> it's just you know crazy. Yeah. It's insane how I, well they smell. I, I would want to know what goes on in a dog's mind when they're tracking, because you know, there's a million smells out there that we have no idea. Right. Yeah. It, it, it'd be if I could talk to a dog. <laughs> yeah. Just it'd be figure awesome. it out. Yeah. Yeah. They might just be like squirrel all the time. <laughs> yeah. But well, it's you know we use our eyes. Our, our mm-hmm. sense of sight is our the sense we use the most, right? Yep. I think a dog they rely on their nose more mm-hmm. than their eyes that they also use. Yep. But it's that nose. So that's, that's a good good point you bring up with with trackers um and especially younger trackers so i think i've had my best tracks and definitely my most accurate tracks of not second guessing the dog in the dark and that's because my light is on her the entire time very rarely am i looking down for blood um but that it makes a big deal difference just just watching she's not using her eyes yeah no she's she's just trying not you know she doesn't want to get stabbed by a stick in the eye or something like that but she's not using them she's just working yep and that's that's another big thing out there luckily you know, knock on wood, we haven't had any injuries. She's never been seriously injured. She's been cut before, but there's there's a tracker in Tennessee that runs a bloodhound that's, that's pretty well known, and his dog got bit by a snake last year. Oh, no. Yeah, a rattlesnake or something. That's he ended up good. surviving um, and is tracking this year again, but that that's stuff people don't normally think of. Yeah, yeah. But and that's expensive, Especially dude. early season. Yeah. yeah. What would Google say? Uh, a white-tailed deer is a third greater than a canine. Or dog. Well, we're liars then. Yeah. <laughs> I swore. Maybe it was the other way around. Maybe I'm just saying. I know. Deer, it's insane what they can smell. And that was like the first, you know, thing. So some, somebody might say something different down the road a little bit. But So your wife obviously likes the bloodhounds. So y'all probably went with that. Hold on. for that reason. <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're in this rabbit hole. Let's stay in it for a minute. <laughs> A coyote likely has fewer olfactory receptors than a whitetail, or equal numbers at best. There you go. Well, Humans have approximately 5 million receptors in our nose. Your canine pal, pal has 220 million. Jeez. Bloodhounds have 300 million. What's a coyote have? 
or a deer, I guess, if they're equal. Um, a coyote likely has fewer olfactory receptors than a white-tailed deer. This is just the first thing I Googled, too. I Googled, does a coyote or deer have a better sense of smell? I want to say the deer does. It, yeah, it seems like it might be on this uh, this route here. But I know bloodhounds are up there with the, the canines as being one of the better better smellers. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's so what they were bred. Yeah, for sure. Like, that's you know. what they've done since the beginning of time. Right, you know? right. Yeah, I mean, and, and they, uh, you know, obviously, like, when you coyote hunt, you know you're not going to, you're not going to trick them. Right. Um, but what I was kind of getting into, what are, I mean, you've obviously been in this a few years. What are kind of some of the popular breeds that people are using for tracking dogs? So, bloodhound is a big one. The, the second, so there's, I don't know whether it's second or not, just from the people I know. So, people run Catahoulas quite mm-hmm. a bit. Um, the wired hair dachshund. It's a big one. Really? Well, I've seen those. Not necessarily a big one. The dog's only that big. Like <laughs> right. a little wiener dog, right? Yeah. Um, there's some really good trackers in our state that run those. And and I, at first, my first couple of years of blood tracking, I envied them because I had this 90-pound dog that was pulling me through every thorn. And in the they timber. had a little And they pound. had this little, they could just pick it up and lift <laughs> it over a fence, you know. A deer's nose is a third times better than a dog's. Yeah. I'll yeah, be dipped. That's insane. Yeah. Yep. We've been lying to our freaking listeners for months. <laughs> Whoever I read that from, you know what? Screw you, bud. Yeah. Just kidding. Um, but that, that's pretty neat. I, I I mean, I've seen those before, but I didn't. But Because they use their ears, right? Like their ears are the ones that flop up and move oh, the, the center. Bloodhounds? Yeah, like yeah. bloodhound. But isn't the dachshund, don't they have the longer ears too? They got too? longer ears too. They're not dragging the no, ground. They're, yeah, they're not dragging. They're, they're like, you know. Yeah. What you would consider floppy ears. Okay. But they're yeah. not down at the... I like knew that. Bloodhound, you know, you could freaking tie those yeah, things. Yeah, I'm what not about sure the what? wired hair. I don't know if it has the floppy ears like I'm thinking. And may, Oh, I'm not thinking. I'm Let thinking of a wiener. Wired hair dachshund? Thinking of wiener. Yeah. Is that what you said? Always. Oh, I got a buddy <laughs> that runs them. Let me see. Anybody uh, use they, any basset yeah, they have, hounds? they have longer ears. They? They're not down on the ground, though. Yeah, they're just, gotcha, gotcha. you know, six, five-inch ears or whatever. You know what I'm saying? Have you seen anybody run any basset hounds or anything? No, but I, I assume they'd be okay. I would but think so, too. I don't know if they'd have the stamina. That's true. Another, you, you like don't... a bloodhound. Yeah. Right. Man, my, ugh, my dog. Well, there was there was one one day two years ago, our rookie season, where we ran five tracks. And I think I put, not even joking, like 800 miles on the, the truck that day. And we walked close to 16 or 17 miles. And she was just still a machine at the end, and I'm over there just dragging. Like, I was dying. <laughs> yeah, by the that, end of that'd it. be – that's a long day, man. It's, and and it's not like a, a normal, like, walking 16 miles. It's through the nastiest timber, yeah. crossing creeks. It's hopping. Isn't that fence. another nice thing to use? Uh, I don't know how big Mabel is, but I'm assuming she's not huge. <laughs> she's probably 95 pounds. Holy hell, she there is big. Bloodhounds are big dogs. I was yeah, thinking the other way around. The males the males get to be, like, 120, 130. Okay. Yeah, they're big dogs. So I, I had heard, like – because some people like to use those wired hair dashings or wieners. Dachshunds, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And um, some people like, you know, some a little bit smaller dog because, you know, they're just smaller to yeah. get through areas. Mm-hmm. Um, because I was thinking, like, my dog, a German Shepherd that weighs 100 pounds or whatever he weighs – you know, and he, it's just not as easy for him to go through things as it would be a little wiener dog. Um, Boy, but you'd be surprised. I, man, I was thinking, I was just thinking Bloodhound smaller for some reason. Mm. I don't know why. No, she, Maybe I'm thinking of uh, those freaking droopy-ass dogs that have the You're long, thinking Basset Hound. Yeah, you're thinking Basset yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah no. Um, but the you'd be very surprised. So the Dachshunds, you know, they are small and tiny, and they can get through whatever. But, I mean, how often is a deer going to be 
going, going through a hole through this bolt, this, right. you know, this big. Good point. Um, but Mabel has drugged me through some stuff that I, that I have to get hands and knees just to get through there. And it's one of those situations you're like, I really wish I could let go of this lead right yeah. now and just walk around this <laughs> for sure. Well, and a lot of times. Now, in our third year, I'll do that now since she's not pulling as hard and, and not trying to chase down whatever we're tracking. She's she's slower, so I'll drop it and walk around all the brush or whatever. Yeah. But I have a 30-foot lead I run, so I, I got some, some leeway there. A little there. bit of leeway yeah. to get through. Do that. you wish that I, – I, I understand the idea, the thought behind, like, the rule, but do you wish that you could not have her on lead? I don't know. I I don't think so. I like the on lead. Uh-huh. So your percentages in an on lead state versus an off lead state are much lower, right? So I think national percentages like so it's lower on on lead yeah. than it is off lead. Yeah, because you can't catch in bay, you know. So like down in Texas, they can let their dogs roll in bay and and right. You can follow up with them and then it's like running deer. running dogs right, right for yeah. sure that essentially that's what it is so a shoulder shot deer that's likely going to survive is going to get ran down by the dogs and you can kill it in texas um in louisiana it's like that i think arkansas is as well north carolina too i believe probably yeah. yeah but in missouri if i kick that deer up alive we're done like by state law oh really? i cannot pursue whether i think it's going to die or not david jones's track last year is a good good example of that we kicked that deer up 17 hours after the shot and it was still alive so we couldn't pursue it. We came back 24 hours later and ended up finding it. But um, I like the on lead because I can watch the dog work. Mm-hmm. I not training her for off lead. I don't trust that dog. Sounds like it's a totally different way they're working it, it too. It is. Yeah. So like off lead, they're almost running down a scent. Yeah. With disregard almost to mm-hmm. uh, detail because yeah, and, you know, like it, they don't care if they're not that the dog doesn't knows right. this, but you don't care if they bump it up because then they're, just they're running, running it down. down. Yeah. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. And I, I didn't realize that's how they did it. I guess I just, very interesting. I just assumed it was, you know, she doesn't have to be led, yeah, no. you know? Yeah. Yeah. And, and there's probably some trackers down South that do run like me and they just, the dog stays close and, and tracks versus chases, but hmm. yeah, not up here. And, and nothing against those guys and those dogs. They, they can train their dogs. I mean, there's some phenomenal dogs down in Texas and Louisiana. Just a different way to track it. Different style. Totally different. That's cool. I I did not know some of the things you said. I mean, (laughs) first off, apparently I didn't know what a freaking bloodhound was. (laughs) Right, yeah. (laughs) Uh, But anyways, uh, and just I think the biggest thing is when people think there's no blood, you know, obviously they're calling you when when there's those situations. It doesn't really matter. Like yeah. I told you about that track, exactly. or not that track, but that deer I shot mm-hmm. two, three seasons ago, whatever it was now, that didn't bleed, drop one, and you were like, oh, we wouldn't have no problem finding it. Yeah. That, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. The one that ran across the field, yeah. you're saying? Yeah. yeah. The, the, the percentage of recovery on a gut shot, intestine shot deer is so high, just because they leave so much scent on the ground. Because they're hurting. Yep. And yep. they're hurting, and there's, you know gut matter sent over which a, a cut being field is still very possible but um I, the percentage rate for those are like 90 percent success rate and I, I i've only not found one gut shot deer in my that's cool in my career and unfortunately it, that one really stuck with me too because the deer should have died it did die i don't know where it died at but it bugs me so much i tracked and did five miles looking for that thing and mabel ran solid i think she ran four or five hundred yards with very little blood and ended up taking me to six wound beds. Wow. And then the deer just vanished. 
like just gone. And and I have a theory that the neighbor that we asked to get permission on the track may have went and found it. And all, I don't know. But anyway, it bugged me so much. I went back the next week with both dogs and my wife, and we wind searched that entire farm just because I knew that deer was dead in there somewhere. And I I don't give up very right. easily, especially if I know it's dead. And we still didn't find it. But hmm. that's that's the only one I've never not found, and we should have found it. The hunter yeah. did everything right. Right. But yeah. Yeah, and you feel bad, you know, you're like, yeah, you got good, you got a good feeling about it. It was a gut shot, you know, like you were saying, we'll we'll be able to get on a scent. And well, and I think that was the last time I, when the hunter called me, he's like, hey, here's where I shot it. There's literally guts hanging on the fence where it jumped the fence after I shot it. And I was like, that's a dead deer. We'll find it, you know. Yeah. Right. <laughs> and like almost guaranteed it. And then after that, I've never well, said jack that. Jackass am I? I know, man. <laughs> Don't yeah, guarantee I'm, anything. I know. I found I, that out. I learned that so hard that day. <laughs> Uh, so let's kind of transition into yeah. I'm a hunter. I just shot a deer. I made a mediocre shot. I don't know where the shot was. I'm not finding good blood, good sign. I call you. Where do we go from there? And actually, let's let's I want you to talk about I don't even care if you you know that you made a mediocre shot yet. The minute you shoot a deer, what are some things you want people to really start paying attention to that they may or may not be paying attention to? prior to even knowing if they made a good shot i mean you can so, you can feel like you made a good shot oh, a yeah. lot of and times it'd be terrible but it'd be terrible um but the second that arrow releases in this case it's obviously archery season or when you pull that trigger mm-hmm. what's some stuff you would like to give some pointers to people right off the bat and then obviously we'll get into what micah was saying too but just so the two seconds after that arrow is released yep the the big things are pay attention then that's that's huge don't black out yeah and seriously adrenaline rushes are are such a real thing it's happened to me a million times you know i'll i'll shoot a a deer and be like i I have no idea but pay attention to where you hit the deer and where the deer ran just tell me where the deer ran into the timber as a tracker when there's no blood that's that's going to be really my main starting point and i got to have an accurate starting point to start um so Pay attention to the the deer and and its reaction. Did it haunch up? Did it kick tail up, tail down? Um, and then where it went in. Those are the two big things right off the bat. After that, sit there and calm down. Right. Everybody's adrenaline's going. Replay it in your head. Um, time is your friend when when you shoot a deer. So there's no need to rush down there and look right away at the arrow. Walk back to the truck. Stay in your stand another thirty minutes or an hour. Do what you need to do to calm yourself down. And then we can start looking at sign. If, especially, this is more if you think it's a great shot. So if you double-lunged a deer or you hit it in the pump house, then the arrow is going to reflect that and the blood's going to reflect it really right off the bat. So replay the, the scenario in your mind. Go down there, and that sign should match where you think you hit the deer. If it's not, that's when you need to just back up, go back to the truck. Um, I'm a big advocate of telling people to at least know your local trackers Um I would much rather somebody recover a deer with my advice over the phone than me coming out there and dropping the dog. But that's the ultimate goal is to find the deer. Oh, don't right. don't worry. I'm just going to be saving your phone. Seriously, <laughs> yeah. And I have multiple people call me every year. They're like, hey, I shot this deer. This is where I hit it. What do you think? Yep, what do you think? Yeah. And I'm like, uh, give him, you know, I think you may have hit liver. Go check the arrow. And they're like, yeah, it's super dark blood. I'm like, give him 12 hours. Walk in there and find him in his first bed. If you can't find a blood trail, don't go 20 or 30 yards past and give me a call. Um. Nothing. I heard somebody tell me you said how the, you know how the deer reacted, mm-hmm. like the one I told you the story on, and we talked about. 
when that deer ran, it was like the hand of Zeus itself smacked him on the <laughs> ass. Like, I don't know how that deer didn't fall over. It right. was running so hard. You know what I'm saying? Yep. Compared to a, sometimes like a liver shot deer, yeah. they just like they trot away. They they, sometimes they haunch and they just almost walk yep. or trot away. Oh, and a lot of those will stop after yeah. like 50, 60 yards yeah. and try to figure out what the heck just happened or what bit them, essentially. Mm-hmm. Um, versus when you hit deer in like no man's land or the shoulder or you make a great shot on it, they're going to man they're bolt they're gone they're gonna yeah. kick and and be done um, which is why i kept thinking he was gonna like wobble and fall any moment right I'm like look at him jesus he is moving yeah and it just kept moving yeah 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 <laughs> like that can't be a good sign right but yeah um and i i think that's the almost the biggest thing is that first 30 seconds after the shot for mm-hmm. for you or the hunter oh giant for me is what did we see Yep, and, and I'm then a, obviously seeing that arrow if you can see it. I, yep. I'm a huge proponent of lighted knocks, just because if you are kind of in blackout mode, mm-hmm. at least you saw that shiny thing flying, yep. and yeah, it's not going to tell necessarily tell you exactly where their arrow went in because if you're quartered to, quartered away, whatever, steep of the angle shot, that knocks on the back end of the arrow. We understand that, but yep. at least it gives you a. Um, an idea. An idea of well, it helps you find it. if it was a pass, and it helps you, know, you find that, it for that, sure. That's yeah. huge because guys will will shoot and they'll spend twenty minutes looking for their arrow, making noise out there, and the deer yep. could be bedded a hundred yards away. Yeah, and it it's it's a big deal. But yeah, and yes, I'm a guy who's never on. had problems with my knocks, my lighted knocks, knock right. on wood. <laughs> right. But I know. Uh, oh, it's a podcast I was listening to. Oh, O2. Um, Andrew has had issues with whatever brand knock he's using and they were lighting up no like coming off oh. like the knock stays on stays his on a string string i've, I've seen that and the, it comes out of the air or whatever mm-hmm. i've never had that issue um so if i had that issue i'd be more apt to not use them but you know i've always just had nothing but luck with knocks right. i've got i've got enough of the lighted knock i use now that that's just what i shoot all year yeah i put yeah, them in all yeah. my so all my dead ones just turn into my mm-hmm. practice, practice ones um but yeah, I, I'm a huge proponent of them just because it does help with that f- that first kind of where did I hit them? Yep. And then you find it. How do they react? Um, would you say it's a good idea? Like, because you want to know exactly where that deer ran. Mm-hmm. Like, how would you how would you suggest somebody figure that out? Like, if in the timber, do you want specific tree, travel right, route? I just it if it went to the left of this giant oak tree. So would or, you or almost would you almost lines. recommend before they forget that to go put a tag on that tree or something no, like quick? Like what want, would you want them to do? I mean, it would all depend on the distance, right? So right. If, if they lost him 150 yards away, and they were like, "I know he ran right here," we're not going to start at that. We're going right. to start at his site and make sure the dog's on the right line. But if it's like right there at the field edge, um. Yeah, no, I'm not a big advocate because if I'm going to come out there, I don't want them guys traping around. Yeah, with, doing yeah. anything yeah. really. With that being said, so th- I say that because like out west, sometimes we'll be like it was right there mm-hmm. when it was really 15 yards that right. way that looked very similar because yeah. you know out west like yeah, it's dark timber looks it the all same. Kind of, I mean, it's hard to you know pinpoint. maybe take a picture and be like yeah. that tree. Man, honestly, yeah, that's a good. Idea. I've never had anybody do that. That's a great idea. Yeah. Though. Well, and. A lot of the guys I track for are hunting their own private land. They know the layout of the land. They know the trails and, and all this stuff. Um, I do track for a lot of, um, 
out-of-state hunters that hunt public land up north mm-hmm. and and that's where i run into some issues where they're not familiar with anything or i, I tracked one the first deer we found this year the guy was just sitting in a uh it was a half cut half standing cornfield or they had cut lanes in the standing yeah. cornfield right and he was just sitting in one of the corners of the standing corn they these guys best luck i've ever seen with 90 degree weather 97 degree weather they both shot bucks the same day pretty much and from florida anyway it was, oh, it was wow. super impressive um but i get out there and i'm like this was 27 hours after the shot it was 97 degrees just cooked the track all day i think i arrived at like 11 at night and i was like okay where's the deer standing he was like he was standing right here i was like okay you know where'd you last see him he was like he was running that way he's like i lost him after he took 20 steps you know and Mm -hmm. so there's a wide open cut lane of corn so i'm like all right let's see if she can get on something luckily she did and and was able to take us to him but um worst case scenario just no general direction hopefully we can get in there and find a speck of blood or or hair just to at least verify okay this is where they were yeah 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 that picture idea just came to me because i'm i'm that guy be like it was that tree right there it was actually 20 yards to the left you know like you get a lot going on and oh adrenaline not that she couldn't find it but you know if that were to help you start the track well and that's the biggest thing if if i know i can get on and start her on that scent line we're good you know yeah so all right so that first 30 seconds is vital very crucial uh then what so after that we want to get down and we really want to look and like i said earlier so after you've calmed down 30 minutes an hour you walked back to your truck you got a drink got a bite eat come back and let's look at the arrow let's look at the sign um obviously i want guys to try to track their own deer um that's a big thing i don't want people to just call me and and you know just want me to come run the dog right um 40 yards later done yeah and (laughs) i've had tracks like that and i love track don't get me wrong i love love tracks like that them are the greatest but um i don't feel comfortable charging people right for something they could have found you know found but essentially track it if you get to a point where you can't find blood anymore then only go 20 or 30 yards more looking for blood you know it may be a split in a trail and he either went this way this way this way 30 yards each way if you can't find blood let's get a tracker in there um don't go trompsing around don't walk you know 200 yard circles around the area thinking you thinking he died in there mm-hmm. um, if you're serious about getting a tracker if you don't want a tracker you don't want to pay for one grid search is your your only option you know right um but make sure the sign matches your shot and what you think. Make sure the arrow looks like what you think it is. Um, and then wait times are a big thing from there on out. And you'll ask for some of that information. I ask when for all call. of it, I mean, yep. yeah. That, um, I'll ask what kind of broadhead they use. I mean, there's there's a lot that goes into that. Have you had any correlation with certain broadheads do certain things different? Yes. Yeah, so there's always. This I don't big even know debate. if I want to hear this. I want to hear this. <laughs> yeah, right. What what's your so what's your least favorite broadhead? <laughs> no, don't do it. <laughs> so I think we all know it's the rage. Ah, I knew it. <laughs> I knew it. So the rage, and again, I've shot rage before. I'm I shoot fixed now just because I've seen so many shoulder shot rage that just gosh, I'll I'll track a deer mile and then it'll it'll survive. You know. Yeah. Um, I also have another theory on that. It's also the, the what the the best selling broadhead of all time. It is no, I, so I agree. The more people that use it, 
you could also, you know what I'm saying, like statistically, more 1, people are going to have problems. It, I agree with that 1,000%. I do, I do track a lot of expandables. Rage in any expandable in general is really great if you stay away from the front shoulder. If somebody's like, hey, I hit this deer in the liver or guts, and I'm like, what are you shooting? He's like, two and a half inch cut rage. And I'm like, okay. We're, we're, we're good. Yeah, we're good. Right. Versus guys that, that shoot uh, fixed – you don't open up the back end, you know, that lever gut as much with fix. So we got to maybe a little bit more time. Right. Um, but rage, rage shoulder shots. When I start getting busy and, you know, tons of calls a day, I, I turn them down. I'm like, man, I can't, I, my body cannot take walking two miles looking for a deer that I think's probably, probably not going to die. die. Yeah. Yeah. But. <laughs> I almost knew that answer was gone. Oh, I knew, I I knew it was. There's, there's always debates, you know, on the Facebook forums and Missouri deer hunters oh, yeah. about what yeah. broadheads to use. That will be that will that debate will never die. Never. What broadheads the best? Well, and there's there's a lot that goes on with broadheads. Obviously, I'm a big fan of fixed, but a lot of people these days don't know how to tune your like paper tune your bow. Right. Right. So the reason people are or loving the rage. I mean, it does. If you hit it good, it's going to open up and be a highway, right? But if you hit it good with a muzzy three blade, it's it's the deer's really not going to go much further, and it's still going to bleed. But the uh, I don't know. The people aren't tuning their bows, so the rage saying flies like a field point. That's such a big selling point because mm-hmm. people don't have to go through the extra work that they really don't know how to do. That's, right. I mean, I. I I switched over to an expandable this year for that reason. Mm-hmm. Now I didn't. I'm not shooting a Rage. I'm shooting a brand called Sever. Which I've heard of them. I've done a shit ton of research on their I high quality. I haven't tracked any yet. So high quality. Uh, hopefully, those, hopefully, all you, those deer are found. Hopefully, you don't have <laughs> to. Do gotcha. That. Gotcha. Gotcha. But I switched over to uh, that me- a mechanical this year for that reason alone because when I do my fixed blades and we've talked about this before on the show. Mm-hmm. Micah used to do this when he was shooting more traditional fixed blade like. I was each blade or each broadhead is married to a specific arrow because Mm -hmm. it was tuned or even sometimes I even fletch now these last sets of fixed blades I didn't but a lot of times when I fletch my arrows I will put that broadhead on and I will I will put that cock vein right in right in line with the the one of the blades and then I, you know, fletch from there. Yeah, I'll number so my that blade arrows. Yeah, is numbered to that arrow. Yep. So every like that's why you see like sometimes we've ran into some people that are fans of the show before it shoots, and they they'll they've asked before why is your arrow have numbers all mm-hmm. over it? Yeah, I've, I've been doing that because I take a sharpie and number that arrow. Yeah. Yep. I used to be real good about that about yeah. numbering each mm-hmm. arrow, and then that way whenever I'm shooting. I can know, well, I shot that one second. I know how that arrow felt or, mm-hmm. you know, how that shot mm-hmm. felt too. So arrow in your, numbering your arrows is a good thing to do anyways. I think so. But, uh, you know, but, that was yeah. specific. I don't do that anymore mainly because my bow's tuned correctly. Right. And, you know, it's shooting the broadhead correctly. So right. everything lines well, up anyway. So other- specifically, that's why I changed because right. I, um, let's see, I, I shot, I, lo- I can't remember what happened, but I would have had to kind of do some more work this year and time-wise i didn't really have it right so those severs it didn't matter what arrow i put the damn thing on it was flying it flew like the field point i mean not to steal that quote but that's literally i was going out to 60 yards and i'm like i'm gonna try this one yeah i'm gonna try this one so i could have picked any arrow out of my my set of arrows and you know put a sever on it and it didn't matter well and i think that's That's another mistake that's nice another mistake people are making is they're not shooting their broadheads 
with you know at least at making all. yeah at all they're just throwing broadheads on there and and yeah, it's a recipe hunting. for disaster it is but. i mean if there was a, a tracker down south josh ross did a video last year i believe and he he had his crossbow set up with you know six different broadheads and all six were just i mean it was anywhere from two feet off to on the money and he's like they they fly yeah. different you gotta literally yeah. check it inside you guys you guys shoot mm-hmm. each one i and, did that the other day I was playing before I went out uh, for my first set here in Missouri. I went out and I shot my broadheads. Everything was shooting good. So, but mm-hmm. I know it's shooting good. Yep. You know, yeah. you, you need to assume. know. Yeah, you yeah. can't assume yeah, exactly. that stuff. Well, especially, I mean, I mean, we just got back from Colorado. That yeah, thing's they been took in a huge a, trip. Yeah, it took a huge mm-hmm. trip. Wanted to make sure it was on anyway. So you got to yep. do that. Yeah, yeah. But, and I mean, like uh, my the fixed blades I was shooting, I still have them and still might still be shooting them. But they're uh, about a brand called Iron Will. Very, very expensive. They're about $110 for three of them. Um, Solid, very high quality blade. I didn't like shooting them. Oh, yeah. As far as like, not not animals, but I didn't like shoot them into my target (laughs) because every shot, it does what? Yeah, dulls it up. Dulls it a little bit. I'm like, I don't want to dull this damn thing up. It's razor sharp, right? (laughs) And uh, But you have to. I mean, you got to shoot the damn things. You do. Um, Because you'll never know that you're off. Man, I get so many calls a year. Where I'm like, you know, hey, what did you shoot the deer with? And they're like, it was a, with a Raven crossbow. And I'm like, okay, which that's a whole different discussion. The crossbow's coming out and people thinking they can shoot 100 yards. Um, I'm like, what kind of broadhead? And they're like, you know, so-and-so broadhead. I'm like, okay, did you, have you ever shot your broadheads with that? Oh, no. I'm like, oh, man. You, so, how how far was the deer? Yeah. 80, 82 yards. And I'm like, you have no <laughs> idea where you hit this deer, man. <laughs> like, no. <laughs> so there's, there's a... Advice number, whatever. Yeah. Advice number two, shoot your freaking broadheads, folks. Yeah. Practice. Know your equipment. Like, and it's a big Practice deal. is important. Mm-hmm. You should be shooting your bow, well, hopefully all year. Yeah. But shoot your broadheads. Mm-hmm. Right? I mean, it I know a so lot of important. hunters that do not do it. We are not in that group, but. Well, uh, and again, that's why the Rage and all your expandables are so, so popular. Because sure. they. You yeah, don't really have I would, to. I would yeah. assume most mechanicals are field point accurate mm-hmm. for yeah. the most part. Yeah. So. But even if you, I mean, even so, like those, my severs, I shot them. Yeah. Because I'm just like, I have to know. It's You're probably a, a little idea. bit more serious of a hunter than most people, though. Hopefully. Not I mean, not hopefully serious, I'm a, a serious they, hunter. They, I don't know that I'm any more serious than anybody, but you know what I'm saying? Right. Like, I think my OCD causes me to, yeah, make, yeah. to do those things. But yeah. Uh, yeah, so that's a good piece of advice to shoot that broadhead. And then. After those two bits of things, what are some things, you know, you need the hunter to do themselves favors? Okay, so the... You know what I'm saying? I mean, what what do you need from they, the hunter after they make tracked, the phone like call? They've tracked, like you said. You? They've checked. They've lost sign. So, okay, so very important parts coming up is mark your blood. And, that, and it, a lot of tracks are in the dark. You know, mark your blood. Don't, don't throw a camouflage hat down. Right in the middle of the night, and say you'll be able to find it because you'll, you know, I, I, it didn't happen to me, but a tracker buddy of mine said they the first twenty or twenty five minutes of the track was just searching for the guy's hat that he had marked for last blow. <laughs> Looking for god dang hat, yeah. Oh, and uh, uh, I would suggest a lot of people out there are using Onyx, so I would, I would assume they're using Onyx or mm-hmm. something like that. Most of them have a tracking deal tool on there. Would Most you suggest do. using yeah, that? Oh, absolutely. Okay. Yeah, Marker with blood. Um, mark it with anything we can find it and, and be honest with me about it. If So I, I tracked one in Kearney, Missouri last week, and they literally tra- 
hung their headlamp on the tree above last month. Oh, that's smart. And it was it was like 11 o'clock at night. Yep. Yeah. Yep, exactly. So <laughs> I have owned. This has been in my pack for six years. I've never – you can still see it's still closed off with the original. <laughs> yeah. But I'm like, just in case. Dude, seriously. Just in case. So I've got pink ribbon. Uh, I don't even – it's probably – like trash bag type material, mm-hmm. like really thin. But I'm like, just in case, you never know, you know, out west or whatnot. Right. So I bought, and it's cheaper than hell. It is. And I just bought pink ribbon. Toilet paper is a good thing too. Toilet it, paper. It yeah. dissolves. Something you can you know. find. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But yeah, the so the the guy hanging the light over the last blood was a, a really good one because I could see that from the timber and I knew exactly what direction the deer went when we entered on the trail. Um, that way I could make sure the dog was, was working correctly. And then uh, don't if, – if you do walk around, you know, guys are going to grid search. A lot of guys don't know about blood trackers. I didn't know about them until really as big as they are until a few years ago. Um, don't lie to me. <laughs> That's the best I can say. it. If you grid search for five hours a day, tell me you grid searched. Show me on a map where you walked and what you checked. Right. And and we'll we'll figure out a plan. You know, I, I'll, I'll be very honest. I don't think my dog's going to run a clean line. Um, but at least we know going into it. And I'm not over here second-guessing the dog the entire time. Right. So, mark last blood. Try not to walk on the blood trail is a big thing. Because even that scent gland that we can't see or smell, every time you step on that with the bottom of your boot and you take another step, it's going to spread that sucker around. Yeah. Um, that's where grid searching is a big no-no. Now, if somebody has, they thought they made a good shot, they tracked as far as they could, they couldn't find it, they ended up doing some grid searching just because they, they were like, for sure it's dead, for whatever mm-hmm. the case may be. Well, and it's just human nature. Like It, it is. is. It's I, like, can, I, can I can find do it. it. I don't need his help. Right. I don't blame people that I do, can do it. it. Right. Yeah. Do you still go out and do those tracks? Oh, yeah. And yep. you, you probably just say up front, be like, hey. I'll come out. Yep. But here's the scenario. You know, I, there's I a high likelihood that it's not gonna. It's not gonna look pretty. Okay. Right. If we do find it, or okay. if we don't find it, um, I tracked one early last week, and they called me at like eight o'clock, eight thirty at night, and he's like, "Hey, we shot the deer the night before." I was like, "Okay, where'd you hit it?" He's like, "We don't know." And I'm like, "Okay, you know that's not the worst thing in the world." I was like, "What's the arrow look like?" He said, "Well, it was a pass through." I said, "Okay." I said, have you looked already? He's like, yeah, we looked for about six hours today on foot and horseback. And I'm like, oh, <laughs> dang it. And I was like, man, I can run it. And I was like, but not knowing where this deer was hit and you didn't find it with that many hours in there, there's a chance it's not dead. He's like, yeah, we just want to verify. Right. I said, okay, so we came out and the dog didn't even want to, she didn't want to run it. But the backstory on that one is it was his wife. She was pulling 45 pounds and she got a pass through. Now, you don't get a lot of pastors at 45 pounds and the the broadhead had black hair on it after i came and looked at looked at the air there was very clean really but they had blood when they tracked the the night before and i chalked it up as they caught the the front of the chest front, you know brisket, brisket, brisket yeah. area yeah, yeah, yeah. brisket and that's where the black hair came from and that's also yep. how they got the pastors cuz she just got meat and muscle you know and uh I mean, I still gave it everything I could, and we, we wind-searched a little bit as well. But, yeah, we didn't find that one. But they grid-searched a ton. They were up front with me and honest. I'll, I'll still come out. Yeah. You know. Um, now, if it's first week in November and I'm 
swamped. Yeah, swamped. I'm probably not going to take too many grid searched. Gotcha. Just give, him, give him some good advice. Say, yep. listen, I, this is what I think. Yeah, there's there's too many people that follow my content and Missouri Blood Tracker's content that handle after the track well for me to turn them down to go run one that's been grid searched for two hours or three hours. Yeah. You know. You. When you say, to go off on a tangent here, we switched and we tried to, we even wind searched. Mm-hmm. How the hell do you get her to st- how do you get her to do that instead? Like she's searching. Um, uh, is she searching for a deer scent now instead of that yeah. that gland scent? Yep. Yeah. So how the hell do you like I did get that. her to do that? It's a it's a fail safe for me, um, and it's not something I like to do just because it it's a lot of walking in terrain. Right. But if either I'm not reading her right or she's not, I don't feel she's on the right trail, or I feel like the deer's dead. We're just we're not on it, whether it be conditions or whatnot. Then I will literally figure out the wind and we will work an entire timber area hitting wind right right and that that dog if she catches anything dead she's gonna take me to it i've had her wind search and find possums like literally anything she's found other dead deer before that we weren't looking for really um but yeah she's she's very good and she's super easy to read wind searching we'll be walking and i'll even tell the hunters they, they get a kick out of it when we do it and she they actually see it but i'll be like hey if she throws her nose up and starts to cut in wherever we're going, I was like, I'm going to try to pull her off. If she doesn't let me pull her off, we're going to go investigate it. And it's it's going to be something dead, you know. And she's done that multiple times with guys. But, so, and I guess it makes sense because if she doesn't have that uh, inner orbital, whatever the hell you called it, inner, inner digital, inner modal, <laughs> inner modal container, um, if she doesn't have that scent in her nose because yeah. she's not on a track, right? Then I guess it doesn't matter yeah. because then she's then, gonna have that scent hit her, and now she's she's yep. not already in the middle of something, right? She's not locked on. Right. Now I will say we I have tracked with her before, and she'll like I I can read her pretty well if we're tracking. I know she's on the right track, but she'll still throw her head up. I'll try to pull her off of it, but if she doesn't want me to pull her off, I'll still let her figure out whatever it is she wants to look at just to get her mind off of it. Um, and that, the, the first time that ever happened ended up being the deer that had made a, about a 200 yard circle back to about 30 yards from where it was shot and died. And she caught wind 20 feet into the, the track. Yeah. Went right to it. It was Uh, pretty cool to watch. Interesting. That's really cool. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So if you're, if you're not sure you've called Matt, Hey, this is what I saw. You know, we got to pass through the deer, um, kind of walked away, um, I found a little bit of blood, 30 yards. I stopped. And I have not traipsed all over the place. That's a deer you're pretty confident you're going to you're gonna be able to find. Now, as long uh, as the shot is where we think sure, it was. Sure, right, yeah. Right. Uh, Pass through, might have been guts, might have been yep, liver. It could have been. Honestly, you know, either way, that deer's going to die. Yep. So, um, out of my experience, a deer that's not pushed, and let's say it is far back liver gut, it's going to go two to 700 yards and die in its first bed and you're going to find it you know whether it be with a dog or without a dog whether there's blood or not it's it's up in the air but right yeah that that's a very good way to get a tracker is handling a track like that especially when it's busy if you handle it right they're more apt to come i will make time in my day to come run that eight minute track for you to find your deer 200 yards away right vice versa same exact situation i uh me and my I shot buddies. the deer. Yeah. I'm not. I'm not really sure what happened afterwards. Uh, I found. I did find my arrow. Um, my arrow, uh, you know, has some hair on it. Smells a little bit like stomach or whatever. 
okay, uh, I, I went looking, I found a little bit of blood, so I, I walked 300 yards, I stopped, went back to get my buddies, six of us went out there, we've been out there all day, man. Yeah. Which, I, I don't we all, me. again, yeah, I've are, done it. Uh, I've done it, yeah. We all know what, that's what we do, because mm-hmm. we feel like we can make it happen. Yep. Um, six of us went out there, and uh, we can't find a man. That's where you're going to be like, I'm like, gosh, dang it, man. Well, me neither, bud. (laughs) It all depends on how tired I am to do tracks and how – because, I mean, a lot of times during busy season, I'm already lined up for the next day because a lot of these deer, I I have wait 24 hours or 18 or 12 hours before I even track it. So a lot of times I'm booked up anyway. But if I'm not booked up, I will still run those tracks as long as I didn't have just like a – nasty week and my body needs to rest kind of a thing yeah but i think one week last year we we tracked three days heavy and i think we did like 32 miles in three days tracking oh, and i was pretty dead after you get that. in pretty good shape then during i lost track season huh? i lost 20 25 pounds last year and the year before 22 pounds oh wow yeah me and the dog we both we put it on in the off season and you, you gain it back yeah <laughs> yeah hey that's good i need to pick up Give me you a need track to get a dog. dog. Yeah, I need to start tracking. Start it's losing some weight. Thing. Man, seriously, in tracking, I could. I was walking to my deer stand the other day, and I have to walk up the smallest hill in the world. I was like winded. <laughs> like, oh god! But I'll oh, go. Yeah. I'll go. Like that track today was a mile and a half through some pretty nasty terrain, and I was fine the whole time. Your you mind's know, on. Yeah, you're, it's it's mental. It's crazy. That's cool. But yeah, yeah. So the the grid searching, I don't blame people that do it. I I try to spread my content out there as much as possible so people can treat it right and at least know know what they're doing mm-hmm. and the do's and don'ts because that that helps us recover so many deer way faster yeah than they normally would i guess the biggest thing is you as a hunter have to ask yourself like you got to talk to yourself in those situations and say what what is what what do i need to do mm-hmm. now there are a lot of a lot of folks out there and i don't i'm one of them uh who how do I say this the right way? Because I'm not, I don't mean what I say here. <laughs> it's just a doe. I don't want to pay a guy to come out and find it for yep. me. I'm going to find it myself. Mm-hmm. That's not really the right way to go about something because you chose to, you chose to shoot the deer. You yep. should do everything you can to find it. I understand that. I agree, and I, I agree with it. But you, you have, as a hunter, got to talk to yourself and say, like, how, like, is this so important to me that I don't want to lose it? then maybe I shouldn't grid search at this point. Yep. Maybe I need to make that phone call. Yeah, and I see those phone calls a lot with big, big deer. The, oh, the, uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, the guys that are like, buck of a lifetime, I'm not going to do a thing to, your guys will be like, I know I hit him in the guts, I didn't even go look at the arrow kind of a deal. And I love those, obviously, because it's the cleanest track you can get. But mm-hmm. um, I've tracked those before too, you know, it's, it's uh, they obviously deserve it too they do 100 percent. yeah in the hunting world we all know what people are after i mean people are after meat we i got plenty of friends that are meat Mm -hmm. hunters and i don't mean that any other way than what it is but in the hunting world everybody wants like to see those those big daddies right (laughs) yeah and sometimes like those you know if you i couldn't find her you know like i i told you a story earlier and you know from years ago it's just like i've been guilty of it too i mean right there's so many more does running around than there are 150, 160, 180 inch deer. Yeah. But which isn't just, the right thing to do, obviously. No, you right. chose to, you know, like yeah, I said, I mean, you chose to it. let it fly mm-hmm. or pull the trigger. Got to own it. You got to try to find it. Yep. But at the same time, you're going to make it harder on yourself if you 
you know, uh, don't sit back and just think about, all right, should I call somebody at this moment or should I, you know, keep pushing forward, you know, yep. because you might actually be hurting yourself yep. in that, in the end where you could have called a guy like Matt or somebody else who's, you know, with the Missouri Blood Trackers Association, not, I guess, a member of this yeah, association that's a good tracker because obviously um, if you're from Southeast Missouri, Matt's not going to drive down to you. Right. You got to find I'll, somebody down I there. I can hook you up with a tracker if you call me. Yeah. But there's uh, a, so just real quick on that Missouri blood trackers there's a map that you can click on on the yep. Facebook page and it pins Yeah, we'll actually we're going to we're going to tag that also awesome. in the um good deal cuz I follow that that page and we'll tag that page as well. Yeah, if you and another so I posted one um on that page the other day that says know your tracker and that's exactly what we're talking about now just like reach out to your tracker at a text and I've gotten a few texts since I posted that on Missouri Blunt Trackers Association guys just saying hey do you cover this area and I'm like yeah you know that's within my range they're like cool don't need you right now but just want to have your information and I'm like hey man call anytime text right. me reach out if you have any questions um, and it, it builds a good relationship with those guys because if I if I can build a good relationship with as many hunters as I can that's going to be that many more tracks that are handled correctly after the shot mm-hmm. and it's going to be so much easier for my dog or whatever tracker runs it you know yeah you know as like a hunter if uh you save people's num- information that's one more person like for me i've got three numbers that i am going to now have saved in my <laughs> my phone i've got my local uh co saved on my phone local conservation mm-hmm. officer just in case i need to ask a question like yep. one year i wanted to ask a question about hunting a bobcat after i tagged out for deer season i'm like can i go hunt a bobcat during deer season how's that work because it's bobcat oh, yeah. season right now yeah so i asked him how exactly i needed to go about it blah 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 i got his number saved i got my meat lockers number saved and now i'm gonna have a blood tracker saved. there you go you know what i'm saying and you know the more hunters that think of that as part of their arsenal of hunting whether it's you know at the beginning yep. of uh, just like with your your having your your broadheads whatever bow you're using what are you using here what are you doing this that's something else that can be a part of you know the hunter's arsenal yep. is because i mean no matter how well you prepare and how many times you shoot your bows you may hit the smallest branch that you didn't see and get a deflection and make a bad shot you know people are always like oh i haven't made a bad shot in 20 years yeah like, i it, love those it, dudes. it's coming yeah. like if, if you're gonna yeah, say okay okay it. chuck norris yeah. Yeah. yeah it happens to everybody we've it said it a thousand times yep. if it hasn't happened to you yet it's going to happen yep. to you it either hasn't happened to you yet or you're a liar right yeah two. yeah but you know uh whatever those guys got it coming <laughs> the ones who say i oh, don't mess up okay well yeah 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 sure but uh, shit happens. You know, you got to prepare for that. For right? sure. You got to prepare for shit happening. I, I tracked for one um, in Kansas this year, and the guy was like, man, my bow hit the, the arrow or the bow hit the corner of the blind. And he's like, I hit him in, I hit him high and back, which we think he hit him above the spine. That was, that was one we didn't find. Um, but I, I bet we, we ran a solid track on that deer for a mile. Like it, it I don't just think ran around dead. for a while. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. What was the longest track you've done I with, successfully? Or well, I was going to um, ask also what's your favorite tracking story, too. Oh, there's a couple good ones. Yeah. Okay, so longest track, longest successful track was our rookie year um, in Chillicothe, and we went like 1.1 miles and, and found the deer. And that one was one where the the daughter shot the deer and hit it far back, but the deer, like – 
ran into the beans 50 yards and bedded down real quick. Mm-hmm. And the dad, not knowing, got out, shot the deer again with his bow, and then the deer just took off, and it didn't stop, I'm serious, for a mile. Luckily, we were we were rookies back then. There was a bunch of restarts, some issues trusting Mabel at first. Um, but we ended up finding it, and it, it was it was a pretty good one. But, yeah, that one that one's a good memory. Um, most memorable track. There's a couple, man. So that one with David Jones was – Last year? Yeah. Or this one? Uh, I mean, this last one. This last one we did was just a great track. It was just solid. So the one last year um, – it was the first deer I've kicked up and came back the next day and found, right? So we kicked it up. And David's been following my content and page since I've had it. Um, we went out there, kicked the deer up 17 hours after the shot. And I remember that's never happened to me. I, Mabel got within like three feet of this thing, and it jumped up. And I was like, oh, gosh. Like, Probably scared the crap out yeah, of you. Yeah, it did, man. It was a big old buck, too, you know? Yeah. And uh, so I remember telling him, I was like, man – I guess I'll come back tomorrow. <laughs> like, I, we'll, we'll get Can't do nothing get, about get, it. Yeah, yeah. Get time to die. And on my way back to uh, Cameron from from that that spot, I remember calling like two or three of the really experienced trackers in Missouri, and I was like, what's our chances here? You know, because everybody says, kick a deer up alive. It's, it's never see it again. Death. Yeah, and it's tough. And they were like, well, you know, there's a chance it went on a death walk and just, you know, fell over after a thousand yards or a mile or the next county and uh then the other you know a couple of the other trackers were like well if it was 17 hours after this shot he's probably pretty close to dying now so maybe he didn't go far so ended up going back finding that deer and i was super pumped about that one like because in in my mind i'm like oh man i don't i don't know if we're gonna find this thing and then when we did i was i was pumped david was pumped it was it was a good all-around deal so that actually happened twice last year to me is we kicked the deer. Mabel touched one um, a few weeks after that, and it jumped up on us. It was a 12-hour-old liver she shot. She literally touched yeah, the deer? Like found, I, it was super dark. It was like midnight, and I my light hadn't hit it quite yet, and then I popped over, and she, she was like ready to grab it, and it, it just stood up, so I pulled her off of it real quick, you know, yeah. and it ended up walking away. Anyway, went back the next day, 24 hours after that one, and found that one too, and so that was a – that was a solid track, no blood. Nice. Um, most memorable is probably the the two hundred five incher in in Iowa. So, a lot of things that I wouldn't normally do, I did on that track. So my buddy tracked it first, who lives close to the Iowa line, and he he didn't he couldn't find it with his dog, and nothing against him. The conditions sucked. It was it was hot, and my rule is I don't track behind another dog. So if if guys are like, oh yeah, Billy Bob's lab can track deer you know and he runs that dog and the dog doesn't do anything and then he calls me i'm like that there's so much sense spread around i don't know if it's worth but anyway so my buddy calls me and he's like just ran this track dude you gotta help me yeah (laughs) and he's like seriously he's like we just ran it can't find it and i was like man i'm working today he's like it's a 200 inch deer and i was like "Eh, you know i want to see this let's let's talk about this and then he said it ran into a hundred acre standing cornfield and I'm like, oh, like standing corn is the absolute worse. And back then, Mabel was pulling me like a freight train. Mm-hmm. So I was like, okay, I'll come up and, and we'll give it a shot. So we drove all the way up there. It's like an hour and 15-minute drive. Got Mabel on it. She ran the original trail really good into the corn and then just nothing. And it's super dry outside. It was warm that day. Dirt where the corn is. So mm-hmm. there's essentially no scent. 
and I looked for five miles for that deer and did not find it. So we get back, it's way after dark, and we're all, me, my buddy, and the, the hunter are talking. And he was like, man, I just, I know it's a dead deer. He he shot that deer facing him, and he was probably 25 foot up, and the deer was facing him. So the arrow entered next to the spine and came out of the stomach. And I was like, it's a dead deer. You know, I just don't know where. Yeah. So I was like, I got a track up here in the morning already scheduled. I was like, let me just come over here the next day, and I'll wind search. And and luckily that wind shifted that day, and we get out and he the guy was all bummed out because he was like, man, oh, no shit, yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> right. And he was from Branson, Missouri too, so he had finally got an Iowa tag, Iowa draw, and was up there and shot this monster deer. We couldn't find it. Two dogs later, you know, so we get out there, and I explained it to him. Hey, I'm on a wind search. We're just gonna hit wind. If the dog throws their heads up and doesn't let me prowl off, we're gonna go into it. And we literally get a hundred yards down the hill to the the cornfield and she threw her head up and shot me straight into the timber and he that deer was just over the hill and i remember i'd never been so excited in my life yelling no were you were you by yourself was hunter with you again he wasn't so he was looking down the down the field line yeah my wife happened to be with me that day so that was pretty cool but i was hollering and all this stuff and and that deer i think it was like 56 hours after the shot by the time we winded him and he hadn't been touched by coyotes or anything really yeah look looked intact and uh that was that moment i think was my favorite tracking so far and that's then coming cool. up on a 200 inch deer that's right. something i've never right. done like before I've never, you know? I've never well we've seen them in person now that we started yeah. doing this show mm. but in my life before i'd never yeah. been around no. yeah but it's a different like dude like just i love love both these deer behind me right now right yeah but it's just like 50 more inches it's a different thing (laughs) it is it's insane it's Um, crazy and that i remember that guy i'm pretty good friends with him now but he remember telling me he's like i'm i heard you screaming he's like i thought you were joking with me you know and I was like, "There's no way I would." You should have. <laughs> you should have so slow played that. And been like, "Hey, I, I need you to come here. I'm I'm about to be done here, but yeah. I, I need you to come here and verify first. Yeah. <laughs> I you sure that. this is the one? Are you, you sure, sure this is him? Yeah. <laughs> I should have. That would have been so great. I came up. I came up on a small buck, but I just want to make sure it's not the one. Yeah. yeah I mean, I'll, I'll probably take it. You know, I said 200 know. inch, man. This is a 130 inch deer. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, that would have been great. That would have. Oh man. But the, the story, like. Like I said, I wish David was sitting here next to you now yeah, that I yeah. say this, but this honestly, David's a perfect example because David is a good old dude, mm-hmm. you know, just like Mike. Like David and Mike have known each other for a long time, a few years, yeah. and uh, like he's the pro, like he is a Missouri hunter. That yeah. that he is, he's he's works a blue collar worker. He works yep. his ass off and he hunts yep. right. And last year. You know, I don't know how y'all got like hooked up originally, but he called you. Obviously, it worked out. And then this year with his uh, girlfriend's uh, deer, I doubt he even attempted to mess that track up because he's educated on as to what blood tracking, you know, blood tracking mm-hmm. dogs do. And you know, he's he's a dude that will always know exactly what needs to be yep. done to find the deer you know so and even, like even the one that was found this year you guys found it in what a standing uncut hayfield. yeah so yeah, and that really would have been again. difficult to find if you're sitting there grid searching it would have been so tough because it, it that deer literally ran next to a big chunk of timber and decided not to go into the timber to bed down and die it went up into the middle of a, a hill and died it's craziest thing i i didn't think it would do that but 
Um, yeah, David, so even that deer he shot last year, like he knew what he was doing. He's been following. It, he's probably been a part of Missouri Blood Tracker for quite some time and then started seeing my content on So he's well. been educating himself on he blood has. tracking for a long time. Yeah, yep. And, it, and then he's been following my stuff. But I, I still remember him texting me. Um, I was hunting that evening, and he's like, man, I just shot my target buck and just drilled him in the in the guts. He's like, I'm not even going to go look at it. I think he went and took a picture of the arrow and then backed out, if I remember correctly. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was a super clean track. This track the other day, when I talked to him, he's like, she thinks shoulder. You know, I, I'm not sure. I was like, well, go look for blood. You know, if, if you hit him in the sweet spot, you'll you'll probably find something. And then he he's like, man, I, I looked for like 50 yards, and I just, there's nothing. I was like, okay. And I think I even remember telling him, because I hate, absolutely hate tracking shoulder shots. Like, they're terrible. And I even told him, I was like, man, I got to go through the heart of Kansas City to get to you. I would rather do it tomorrow. I was like, but y'all are good enough to me. If you need it tonight, I'll run it. That's right. He lives in uh, Kansas now, doesn't he? Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, he moved. Mm -hmm. Keep forgetting that. Yep. But he's like, yeah, we talked. We want you to go ahead and run it tonight. <laughs> I was like, all right, man, I'll be down Son of a bitch. Yeah. <laughs> and it worked out. It was an eight-minute and five-second track or something like that. Oh, shit. Yeah, Mabel freaking nailed it. But, awesome. and I don't know, we didn't talk, like, in detail about it, but do you think they would have found that deer I themselves? D- I personally don't think so. The, the, the amount where... of blood I was finding was few and far between, and that deer took a turn, and if you watch the video, it – my dog takes me up through a cut corn or the the standing hay field mm-hmm. and even me as an experienced hunter i was like there's freaking timber everywhere over here the deer didn't like, go why would way. it go right there. and i even told them in the video i was like hang tight right there guys let me just verify this and we got like 100 yards up there and i was like oh there's blood <laughs> and then shortly after that we found the deer that's cool yeah that, and that's a perfect testament as to you know yeah. how that how that works they weren't gonna i mean i if it were me there was no way i was grid searching a, a hay field when there's that chunk of timber so yeah. having the dog was definitely beneficial there right that's awesome well what else you got micah i think i hate bringing it up but do you kind of want just so people aren't blindsided do you kind of want to talk about pricing i know every track's going to be different but oh, yeah. is every there a range that somebody should expect that way they just know it you know. Yeah, so I can't speak. So Missouri's real good. They don't require you to follow a certain structured pricing. So mm-hmm. everybody makes their own prices. Mm-hmm. Um, with me, I have a base fee and then a, a recovery fee, right? And that's just what I feel is comfortable with my experience and, and how well we've done. So I charge between 125 and 150 just to show up and drop the dog. Mm-hmm. Um, and then if we find the deer, it's another 125 So 250 price range. Right, a lot of very few people tell me that's too much. Most people tell me I'm not charging enough for. for well, how, if, if how you think about it, let's say you're driving an hour and a half. Mm-hmm. I mean, one way—that's three hours on the road, exactly alone. Gas you, is expensive. <laughs> gas is expensive. That's wear and tear on your your vehicle, on yep. a truck or jeep or whatever yep. you said. Uh, you think the dog was free? No, right? Yeah, you know, time it time you Food, took to vet. You know all that stuff. So, I mean, like I try to have enough where I can. There's cover probably expenses. folks out there that are like, "Why well, you shouldn't be charging anything." Right, yeah. You know, and I'm just like, what? <laughs> right. Like, I'm, it, I'm it's doing a service. You, the, yeah. you know, it's a yeah. service. Well, um, and, and these same people have spent, you know, $5,000 between their bow and gear and, you know, have a $60,000 truck, and they're going to spend $1,000 on taxidermy if they find the deer. Most people are like, they they chuckle and laugh when I tell them my pricing, and they're like, okay, go ahead and come on out here. Yeah, you know? right. Um, a lot of the other trackers in the state run just tips. They'll say, hey, tip me whatever you feel is comfortable 
And and when I refer those it's people, $10, young man. <laughs> I've been tipped 20 bucks before for running a, a tough one. And I, after that, I was like, I'm going to start, I'm going to start charging start people. Charging. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. This is too much. But, um, when I refer my tracker friends that are, are tip only, I tell the hunter, Hey, make sure you tip them. Okay. You know, they're, they're spending a lot of time coming up there. Yeah. You know, at least right. make it worth it. That makes them. sense. Yeah. And I mean, you know, obviously the 200 plus inch deer that you've tracked that was worth it to the guy right yeah like any i mean that deer right there on the wall was my son's first deer last year i'd have paid you a thousand dollars to find that every penny man you know and that deer's 45 inches or whatever it is i mean you know he's not that yeah he's probably bigger than that but um you know teach their own like what what are they trying to get out of it and um once again it's kind of part of to me it's kind of part of respecting the animal you chose to try to shoot. Um, So is that, you know, is getting someone who's blood, got a blood tracking dog out part of doing everything you can in the right instances? It really is. I agree. You know, now if you double lunged it, you got blood all the way to the deer. Why do I need Matt? Yeah, exactly. And that's what everybody, I wish I got more calls like that. Yeah. I mean, wrong. Yeah. Hey man, I shot it. I found my blood or I found my arrow. It's full of bright red blood with bubbles in it. And uh, it's painted this way. Yeah. You're probably going to tell them, wait a few hours and go find well, your so, deer. Like, well, and that's the deal. Like the guy I was telling you about the other day made the great shot on it. And just the deer took a turn. He didn't see it. And then he got worried and called me. And it was like 80-yard track. It was like two minutes, literally, till we were standing on top of this deer. And at the end, and I know the guy I've tracked for for people that hunt on his lane before. And, and he, he stays up on my page. He's like, what do I owe you? I was like... You just tip me whatever you feel comfortable, man. I was like, this wasn't a real track, you know. This, <laughs> this yeah, was I'm a not, walk. I'm not going <laughs> to charge you. We took the dog you. for a walk. Yeah, I'm not going to charge you 250 bucks for this. So, right. Hey, but he still tipped me very well. Yeah. Well, um, before we hop off here, why don't you uh, actually give people two things. Uh, how, how they can get up in contact with the Missouri Blood Trackers Association or find the page, and then how they can get in contact with you. Yep, gotcha. So the Missouri Blood Trackers Association is just as it sounds. It's the the Facebook page. Um, you can also look online at their website as well, and I'm pretty sure it's Missouri Blood Trackers Association dot com. Um, and you can also follow the sister page, which is Missouri Blood Trackers, and it's it's the group. Um, and then at the top of each page is a link to a map, and that map will pull up every tracker in the state. You can click on the pin of where they're located and get their information and, and whatnot. Um, for me, Facebook, Broken Arrow Game Recovery, LLC. There's another Broken Arrow Game Recovery. Really? Fun fact, up in Pennsylvania. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, but mine's LLC now, since I, I, I kind of changed that around. Um, so the Facebook page there. Also my YouTube channel, which now has 19 subscribers. Oh, nice. <laughs> yeah. Beating the shit out of us. <laughs> getting, getting, yeah, we, we have like two or three, and I'm like, we don't even have anything on right. yeah. our YouTube. <laughs> I don't know what to do with this fame, you know? <laughs> Um, is Broken Arrow Game Recovery LLC as well. And there's there's four videos up there, but they're pretty cool. Nice. Yeah, I want um, to go watch them. Yeah, yeah. And then Instagram as well, but I don't know Instagram. Um, my wife takes care of that. Okay. Nice. But, it's uh, MissouriBloodTrackers.org. Oh, is so it? Work? Gotcha. Yeah, I found it. But, uh, yeah, that's awesome. Like I said, folks, uh, if you're from any part of the state um, that's you know not near Cameron or within an hour and a half-ish of Cameron area, yeah, yeah. Uh, or Kansas or Nebraska, I guess. You're kind of close to both of those, Iowa. Yeah, I, I cover. Um, if you're in those areas, if you're not in those areas, just hop on MissouriBloodTrackers.org or the Facebook page. Now, if you're in Kansas 
or Iowa or Nebraska, they've also probably got yep. associations Kansas in blood there. trackers and Iowa blood trackers. They're they're really good. Or also United Blood Trackers, which is the the national website um, for registry. But the the thing with United Blood Trackers is to get on their map or their list of trackers, you really just have to pay the fee to get on it. Yeah. Versus Missouri Blood Trackers, they they vet our trackers. Same with Illinois Blood Trackers. You know, we vet our trackers to make sure that they know, they, what, they know what they're doing. We're yeah. not promoting them and, and they they have no idea yeah. so and if you want to be lazy or you just really like matt you want to give out your phone number yeah yeah it's 816-294-0365 so if you're not sure what to do text text them call them ask them what do you think and yep. you know if he uh, calls you and says where you at and you go i'm in sykeston missouri uh shout out to my sykeston folks by the way down there <laughs> um he might be like hey i got somebody for you down there yep. uh, i'm probably not going to make that trip uh, see Cameron to Sykeston. I'm betting is a good solid six and a half. Yeah, I went. It's, the, it's a it's a it's a drive. The worst I did, I went Sedalia and then up to Iowa in one day before. Yeah, that's nah. a that's a that uh, is that's a, a trip. trip. Yeah, yep. it wasn't fun. Awesome. Well, uh, Matt Davis with Broken Arrow Game Recovery. Thanks for hopping on, man. Yeah, we appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Good talk. Talk to you later. See you. See you guys. Thank you, Matt, for making the drive. A little bit. I mean, yeah, we didn't even min- mention that he drove down from a uh, Cameron area. Yeah, to so record in we, person with us. Yeah, we 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 prefer to do them all in person, but for most of the time, that's just not possible. Nope. Just because of everything, uh, location, but, time. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, but it worked out where he was able to make the drive. So we really appreciate him coming down. So uh, a lot of good information, a lot of cool stories, and just pretty neat how all that works. So, uh, yeah, we could have actually kept recording just on stories. Yeah, yeah. He said he 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 told us a bunch off off mic and uh yeah it's just it's pretty cool pretty really hopefully nobody needs to use him well i mean obviously that's the idea you know he and and he wants to have to use it you don't want to have to use it and he feels the same way but you always want to have that card in your back pocket you know it's just like well one of the youtube videos we watched with him after recording the guy the guy's had grid searched right past that deer. Yeah, they said times. they walked right by. Now it. that's not in the show. He talks about you don't want to do that, mm-hmm. but in that situation, it didn't matter. She still tracked that deer right yeah. to where it was. Yeah, um, they just there was no blood and they didn't see it. Yep. Yeah. So, so I mean, that's going to happen. I've had that happen before, uh, where I had to go to work. I looked for it. Me and my brother were hunting together. I thought I, you know, did my best to find, try to look for it. Never found it. Uh, he ended up getting down. He's like, dude, you had to walk like five yards from this thing. I'm like, oh, sorry. I appreciate you gotten that thing for me. And I'll, I'll pick it up later. Gotcha. <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah. It's uh, it's pretty. It was a pretty good show. I really learned a lot, honestly. Um, that I I guess I should have known. I don't know, but that's the idea of doing this show because there's got to be a lot of hunters out there that don't really know this is even an option. Honestly, it's becoming more well known. But there's a lot of folks that don't even realize it's an option. Hell, it was illegal in Iowa last year. Yeah, it's a little ridiculous. So, I mean, now you can finally do that, and I think it's a great thing because there's a lot of deer aren't found every year that sh- could be found. Yeah, with if, the help uh, of a dog. Uh, yeah. yeah. Uh, anyway, so good show. Good what, show. what did you learn? What was, the, what was your favorite thing that you learned? Well, I mean, I kind of known how it works to begin with. I've had buddies had to use tracking dogs and... So I kind of knew what was going on, but uh, it was nice hearing it firsthand from an actual guy that, you know, has been on hundreds of tracks. So pretty cool stuff. 
uh, I learned that we've been saying dogs have better noses than deer, and we were wrong. Yeah, that's true. I really thought we were. I thought we were telling the truth there. But hey, we're not the smartest. No, I've never accused myself of being, you know, the smartest one. Um, so I need. We need to get a dad joke in because Andy's, you know, really letting us down. Okay. Uh huh. Can I do it today? Yeah, sure. What do I want to say? Hmm. What do I want to say? Because I have to look it up. All right. This one, this is the best one I can find. Okay. What has two butts and kills people? I don't know what. An assassin. Assassin. I mean, assassin. <laughs> I, I mean, I, I could read it, but I, I, wanted to, I, I had wanted to look it up. Play that in. But I thought that was pretty assassin. funny. Yeah. I think you want me to do it. another one? Sure. Why not? <laughs> my friend is. I can't a, say no, some of these. Keep on going. Where? I was going to read it. My friend is obsessed with taking blurry pictures of himself while taking a shower. He has a serious selfie, selfie steam issue. That was horrible. That was pretty bad. I'll try to find one good one, and then we'll get off here. The listener's just like, yeah, I'm over Can I do this. number 19? Sure, I don't care. <laughs> do it. Okay, this is the last one. Andy, you, we need you back desperately, bro. Yep. So my wife just gave birth today. This is kind of funny because he just had a baby. My buddy just had a baby yesterday. Congratulations. Actually, two of my friends. Jacob, congratulations on your boy, uh, Hayes. And then congratulations to my buddy, Alan, who had a uh, uh, baby girl, uh, Olivia, I yeah, think her name is. Just wait 15 years. Yeah. You don't want to kill some people. Yep, it happens. But anyways, my wife just gave birth today. And after thanking the doctor for doing an awesome job, I pulled him aside and I sheepishly asked him, well, Doc, how soon do you think we'll be able to have sex? He winked at me and said, I'm off duty in 10 minutes. Meet me in the car. (laughs) (laughs) Dirty. Dirty. Yeah, I think I, I don't know. I don't know what I typed to get that. All righty. Anyway, that's the show. Thank you to Matt. Thank you to listening. Later, buddy. See you.